Hi friends, we are back with you guys uh, at it during our morning show. Uh, it's funny. Uh, I was talking to Enchantress's dad while she was running another one of her super long, uh, super hard races. <laughs> yeah, and torture. Yeah, her, his friend was talking about people they know that do a morning show, and it's really fun. I was like, well, technically, what Squeezer and I do is a morning show. It's just at, like, one in the morning. Yeah, we are just, uh, we're ahead of, like, that morning newscast that starts before the morning news. Right. You or were, morning show. And you listen to it whenever, because that's the beauty of podcasts. Yeah. But Unlike a morning show that no one watches or listens to. Listens to, yeah on your commute you could still listen to us on your commute no matter what time it may be oh like a radio morning show yeah that's what i mean see i didn't that it never even occurred to me morning i immediately radio. thought like uh like good morning america kind of morning show because like just the whole thought of a morning radio show is just um, almost dead to me no it's it's still not dead uh because of one man <laughs> well yeah but i don't Howard Stern. You know, I'm fairly, fairly cheap, and you know it's funny. Um, I got a new car, uh, mm -hmm. and it comes with a free trial of Sirius again. I thought like... you were gonna say free shiny light on the ground. No, <laughs> but uh, so I've been listening to Howard again, and I haven't listened to him in probably a year uh, since. Um, Pretty much since I had my other work truck that didn't have Sirius in it. And I immediately like fell right back into where I left off with all the characters. He's just so freaking good. He just is effortless. And I was trying to like listen like in a way that I never listened before. Like, how could we how can I and how can you be more like Howard Stern and the Howard Stern show? And it's just Well, I think the answer to that is he's himself yeah. and we have to be ourselves. Well, and we and and then there you just answer the question. We will never be. <laughs> <laughs> He's just that freaking good. Like he like the the self depravity that you and I try to bring upon ourselves cannot. He was talking about going out when he was a kid and like being tall and awkward and going for a tan and getting too tan and looking the way he did and going to a bar and sitting there by yourself and like yeah, I'm going out. I'm cool. <laughs> No one's or no one's paying any attention to him. Like when he goes into that, it's just it's brilliant. Uh and just the staff he puts around him and just the, the fun they have is, is brilliant stuff. But yes, the, the morning show is not dead. Uh it it was created, I think, by Howard Stern. Not really. I'm sure uh, I I know he, he counts soupy sales among his I don't know if that was a morning show or not, but um in my opinion, uh, I've been listening to the Howard Stern show since the 90s, since I was way too young to listen to the Howard Stern show. Mm -hmm. And it's still like fascinatingly uh, interesting and funny 
So that's, you know, we we got an email from a friend, a listener to the show saying, uh, never fucking stop doing your show. Well, if we could just be like Howard, we never will, right? Yeah, no, we will never stop doing a show until we, there is going to be a point where we just absolutely run out of material. Well, no, I said we we're going to repeat ourselves off. Uh, oh, often. I repeat myself, I think, three times in this episode. Right, but I mean, it's but like... I'm taking a different look at it's it. It's like, how many times you go see the Foo Fighters? They're always going to play My Hero. They're always going to play Learn to Fly. They're always going to play Everlong. You go for the hits. You're right. So let's talk <laughs> about Brave Star. <laughs> let's talk about... Um, uh, the the McDonald's uh, uh, bedrock um, Mc McBedrock meal or whatever the hell it is the one I've talked uh, about. Did you hear about our adventure at for uh, McDonald's the other day? No. So we we went and we got there and it was like ten forty five. Who went? Uh, it was this was when we were up uh in the middle of nowhere on a Saturday morning. So, oh okay okay. Uh, we went okay, okay. and we grabbed some. Some breakfast. And trash down. What's that? Trash down. Yeah. 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 Beautiful, beautiful not, mountain view. I'm not saying this to be derogatory to the town. It's literally a town of trash landfills. <laughs> it's starting. Yeah. It's. So good. You on. can actually see the gases coming out of the vents. It's kind of mm -hmm. gross and beautiful at the same time. Right. Um, but yeah, we got there at like 1045 and we we're all hungry. So we all got breakfast. None of us really wanted breakfast. The, the convenient except, thing except is, lunch. if you just sit there long enough and eat your breakfast, eventually lunch comes around. No. Yeah, so you got everyone got a couple pocket burgers. And then those pocket burgers, you end up just eating them there anyway, kind of right. like pocket cookies. There's no such thing. You just eat them right away. Well, on Friday, we... So there's nothing that washes down an Egg McMuffin like, uh, like a double cheeseburger. Oh, no. That, that, is, that was the day after oh, Friday. Delicious. The night before, we went to... Uh, Chick-fil-A, pretty much to try yes. their new mac and cheese, which is oh, it's probably the best mac and cheese ever created. And, and uh, yeah. I didn't want to like it because, you know, I, I don't want to get political, but I, I don't care. I don't like a food. That I, my main pro beef with Chick-fil-A is they're closed on Sunday. All right. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> be open Sunday. And also, you know, I, I love everybody to, to single out any group is is bad. So. That's bad also, but fucking open on Sunday, damn it. Especially but if, you're... if you make a delicious mac and cheese, it's okay. Oh, well, it is delicious. So I had the spicy chicken sandwich and the mac and cheese, and it was phenomenal. Um, and we both are very proud of our own homemade mac and cheeses. We are, we do. We, we make good and mac and cheeses. And I would, there are days where I'd pass mine up yeah, for that. right. Because mine is very... Um, Labor intensive. It's, it's high test. Yeah. It's lead. It sits in your belly for oh, a while. Oh, so is mine. Mine's like a spackle. Yes. <laughs> uh, it's yeah. It's that's from uh, Sopranos, and he's like, it's like spackle on your battles. <laughs> that's uh, what my mac and cheese is. It's, yeah. There's... If you have like meatloaf with my mac and cheese, the mac and cheese has a more firm texture. Yeah. So does mine. That's exactly and how like, mine is. Yeah. It, it's yeah. Mine like can be can, carved can, up and served as a loaf. Yeah. Like yeah. Cutting cake. Right, that's how mine is too. So yeah, we're understanding. This was scooped mac and cheese, and there is yeah. there's cheese skin that they get with it. So uh, you, I got the chicken sandwich and the medium mac and cheese and the drink meal. You got the meal and the small mac and cheese, but you wish with with the with the uh, waffle fries. But I'm mm -hmm. sure you wish you would have gotten a larger mac and cheese. Yeah, the only thing, uh, only reason I didn't was 
again, I'm fairly cheap, and the last thing I want to do is spend more money on more pants. Well, do you? Can you tell the story you told me <laughs> about having your card? My card. You didn't have cash. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I had to go get cash because we went to. Uh... Wait, where'd we go first? We we went there, but the reason why you didn't want to go for seconds. <laughs> Oh, yeah. I normally like to have cash on me because then Mrs. Squeezer questions why Why are there two charges? Is there an <laughs> issue uh, with the card? No, honey, I just went back for seconds and then I get this <laughs> long, hard stare and it's uncomfortable. Um, and then she's like, and whatever happened to not eating after nine o'clock? And I kind of shrug while well, I make was... my chicken wings at 11 o'clock at night. <laughs> Well, this was before nine. This was that. This was. A... Well, no, that was eating. I was making. Oh, like... right, yeah. But it's in the air fryer, so they're healthy. They are healthy. And then we went to Second and Charles to buy uh, toys and for ourselves. So you. It's a hard. It's a hard job. We do work. This is during work, yeah. So, but uh, uh, our friend Munch went back and got them the large mac and cheese to supplement what he had. And you know what? It's I, I, I was jealous. <laughs> Yeah, few of those... so you're talking about a guy that what what did he consume today? Oh my god, I don't know what he had for lunch because I I left you guys. I went and had a no no just just in the truck. Oh, in the truck, he had a whole bag of Twizzlers, the mm -hmm. the cherry citrus punch Twizzlers, whole bag. He gave one away. He had the rest bag himself, and they apparently were filled with goo. I don't I don't know what kind of sugar calorie count. And then he went to he had a a foot long. <laughs> Rice Krispie Treat, the the Kellogg's brand, mm -hmm. and but it was only a dollar. Well, it's only logic. a dollar. <laughs> and then he put a decent dent, if not finishing, a bag of Chester's corn puffins, cheddar corn puffins, puffed corn. We've been better off just going with that fourteen-pound bag of candy. No, no, that was that was that was seven pounds. Seven pounds. <laughs> it was thirty dollars. I was willing to buy it if he would eat the whole thing. I believe that's manslaughter. <laughs> Not for much. He he'd no. have eaten it. This is a gentleman that <laughs> ate an entire pack of double-stuffed family-size family-size family size pack of double-stuffed Oreos in a and less than a period of hockey. Yes. Roughly 35 to 40 minutes. <laughs> That's an Oreo a minute. I had a uh, smoked turkey sloppy joe with frizzled, frizzled onions and Cooper cheese tonight, Squeezer. Nice. You should have joined Uncle Bix. I should have. I was, I was sleepy. I had to just kind of crash. Oh, yeah. You are hungry. I, I, yeah. I made fun of a guy or not made fun of a guy, but I kind of blew a guy off that suggested I put on sunscreen and drink some water. I'm like, I don't need that. And then um, in the process of succumbing to heat exhaustion, I thought it would be a good idea to go to our favorite Wawa and consume one of those 24 ounce Frappuccinos. And that just kind of set me uh, down a very, very slippery oh, you, slope. Oh, you didn't get food? Oh, I also got the bowl of mashed potatoes and mac and cheese with chicken fingers and their boom boom sauce. <laughs> hence, hence the tummy ache and why I passed <laughs> on the dinner date. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they'll, they'll do it to you. And then trying to explain to a nurse why you don't feel good and the look of shame <laughs> that she gives you. Yeah, it was... 
Oh man. Um, so yeah. Well, how was your weekend aside from the McDonald's and the Chick Fil A? I'm I'm recovering. It's good now. I just I'm on my second. It's one eleven a.m. I'm on my second cup of coffee and. I had some uh, extra toasty Cheez-Its as I uh, finished cutting up my clips. Oh, so. I have a box down here right next to me. Yeah, see, that's why, because I try not to eat. It's enough that I slurp on the air. I was thinking what I can do is, they're Cheez-Its, I can almost kind of uh, You get a bad hand. slip one on the tongue and press against like, the roof of my <laughs> tongue under my, or, or like, you know, put it in my lip or under my tongue like a dip and then kind of just... <laughs> Not chew it, just let it dissolve in my mouth right. over the course of the show. Yeah. yeah. I, I, some of my this. clips are longer. They're actually clips from uh, shows, so you'll have plenty of time to um, shovel in some cheese, extra toasted cheeses. Probably use that time to make more coffee then, too. Did you do, like any, I said. Did you do anything Sunday? Uh, that was four, three days ago? Yeah. Four now? Mm-hmm. I don't remember. That was a long time ago. We, uh, that was the eight. What was I honest? I watched football. Did you, I hope you didn't watch the Dolphins game. No, no. Oh, I, uh, I, I just, we stayed home. I did work around the house and I watched about 15 to 20 minutes of the Giants Cowboys game. And the rest of the time, uh, the Little Mermaid was on, on a con that was on the iPad. Little Mermaid was on, on a constant loop on my giant TV. Mrs. Squeezer's Cowboys, right? Uh yes. Oh boy. Yeah. 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 I'm I'm fine with that. I am pretty much indifferent, and uh, Squeezette likes the Panthers because she likes kitty cats. <laughs> well, like, which I can't I can't deny that logic. She should come hey, eat Schmuffin. She looks like a panther. Yeah. And, and she's like the least aggressive kitty in the entire planet. So like, there's nothing that Squeezette could do to her that would make her like lash out or bite. She'd just run away. Yeah. So I uh well, well let's see Saturday night we went to see uh, it at the drive it, it chapter two at the drive-in uh we got that popcorn with real melted Keller's butter on it yeah uh, it's the I'm trying to watch my calorie count right now so oh well yeah yeah as you should anyone should but if you're if they have real melted butter you and for for popcorn you say yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know you prefer the fake, whatever the sludge. I know it's not that I prefer that. I just prefer being able to serve it myself. I want control over (laughs) the amount of popcorn I have with my butter. Well, see, they can't give you that with the real melted butter because it's room temperature. It's a solid fat. It's a. Just let me walk around the back. I'll take care of it. (laughs) I got this. Move, move. So we uh we took the sh- the new Chevy Blazer with the, the seats down and we laid back there and uh, we had a nice little viewing area and I I liked the second chapter uh, as much if not a little more than the first chapter. Um, why those children were fantastic actors. They got the cream of the crop to act in the second chapter and Bill Hader uh, is is phenomenal. Everyone's really great in it. Uh, it's it's really good. There, uh, there wasn't as many jump scares, I don't think, and it. Maybe it was just seeing it as a drive-in made it mm-hmm. a, a little different. But um, I don't know. I think you'd like it. Yeah, it's probably never going to happen. Probably never going to happen. I'm terrified. <sighs> but it's really good. Anyone who else is... Is a spider in this one? Yeah. Yeah, I figured. I'm out. Yeah. but it's, it's... I had the smush one yesterday, and it, it was like... It oh. It was huge. It was like... like 
maybe not an oh, inch. Geez, but it was getting up there. Did you just hear her? No. Oh, she just gave a loud hello. Hello. Do you hear us talking about you? Yeah, you're going to meet the little squeezette. She's going to pet you and probably treat you like a stuffed animal. Okay. Yeah, yeah. She she wants to treat them like dogs. Like, come play. Let's walk. I'm like, no, cats don't do that. Uh, Olive will. Be very disappointing. Okay. Olive will fall around like a puppy dog. Um... We have spiders outside, though. Uh, if anyone's outside of the like Pennsylvania area, you might not know of the lanternfly infestation that we have. Yeah. The spotted lanternfly. Look it up. It's horrible. They are everywhere. They are everywhere. And when they I say everywhere... They imported to a nursery literally like two miles from, from my house. house. Yes. Uh, not a nursery. It was uh, a marble. There was an egg sack on a slab of marble. Oh, is that what it was? Yeah, two miles from my okay. house. Yeah. So it was marble imported from Asia, and there's egg sac. They come out, and now they're they're everywhere. And when I say everywhere, think about like the most of a bug that's anywhere you've ever been, and multiply it by hundred, maybe a thousand. Unless, unless you've seen locusts. Oh, did you hear that one? Yeah. Oh, hi. Uncle Squeezer says hi, Schmuffin. She doesn't like the lanternflies. Uh, she she wants to kill them all. They, we have a few. As we should. On our back door, they like the the, the mesh, mm-hmm. and she yeah she doesn't like them. But I went, I was mowing the lawn the other night, and there was a big ass brown ugly spider, and she had her web spun, and she had four lantern flies. She was feeding on one, and she had f- three others like in there ready to go. And I'm like, you do your thing, girl. The enemy of my enemy is my friend. Right. I thought life finds a way. Because so you're saying, saying we need to just breed giant spiders. Well, also, I don't know if you noticed the praying mantis population in our area has been growing because yes. they feed on them. So I've seen like three praying mantises this summer, normally where it's rare to see one. So um, yeah. uh, where these bugs came in and had no natural predators, they're starting to find predators. So I think, uh, like Ian Malcolm said, life finds a way and nature will balance itself out. But yeah, Including right now, bored thirty-something men standing around waiting to go to work that stomp them. Right. So uh, today, it's like a, a common thing now to see a doorman come out of a building with a, a, a battery-powered leaf blower to blow mm-hmm. the dead or living lanternfly piles out into the street. Yeah, and it, it's funny. Like you would think, like if you're walking walking by somewhere and you see a grown adult like jumping around. And stomping their foot multiple times, like all over the place, like they're, you know, having this spastic dance. Yeah. You go, oh, that guy's being weird. Around here, that's just, oh, go get him, buddy. Like yeah. everyone, you just know that's. And if you don't know, you, we have to kill these things. They're invasive and they eat. The reason we have to kill them is because what they feed on is uh, uh, vineyard vines and uh, hops. So, you know, they take the things yeah. we love. So they must die. They're invasive, they don't belong here. And uh, we got to kill them. So they tell you that you have to kill them, like, if you see them. And the best way to kill them is to smush them good. And, uh, mm. yeah, that's some. Um, spotted lanternfly, look it up if you don't know of its infestation. They are freaking everywhere. And they don't look like anything you've ever seen before in your life, but they're so, like, it's it's so it's just. It's alien. It, 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 it's, uh, it's Starship Troopers kind of shit. Yeah, but it's also now so commonplace for us. Like, like I'm, I, I walked into the uh, new Wind Creek, the old Sands Casino, 
mm-hmm. and they're everywhere. I just have to flick them off me as we go in. They're they're every, they don't hurt. They don't they they pose no harm to humans other yeah. than eating the plants that make the things that make us us sane. But if they're if they're terrifying at first look, right? And, yeah. yeah. Now it's kind of like just brushing off a fly. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. And they just run into you and land on you because they don't they don't understand you. I think they'll learn. They got about three good jumps in them before they get tired. Then you can smush them good. Well, I like to kind of flick them. Right there's if you um, get behind them at the right angle, and boom, give them a good flick. There there's pamphlets that come out that tell you that they they run out of energy after four jumps, and then you can huh. finally squish them. Yeah, we sound like monsters, but no, they have to die. Yeah, they must. They they must be destroyed. Yeah, must be. <laughs> they should all be destroyed. Man, we bit of an alarmist. <laughs> I guess by dropping in tons of Jurassic Park references and and talking about <laughs> we make this rad here invasion species invasive species. We're we're talking rad ears. but it any... might be the most educational moment in rad years history. No, I think last week was when we talked fun with learning. That's oh, god damn. I don't even. I forgot that was even the show. I think I don't think people are liking the Instagram posts as much. Um, but I gotten good feedback on the episode. Yeah, it's not the number. I I, I like the comments. There's a lot of love for three, two, one contact. I'm glad I wasn't alone. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I completely forgot to even mention the uh, Bloodhound Gang in the. Uh, and you also forgot Mathnet. It was, uh... I went back and watched one, and MathNet came on, and I was like, oh, shit! Yeah. I saw one on a Daily Motion. You have to check there to find all your illegal videos. Oh, I do. Where do you think half the sound comes from? I, I got most... Of, I, wa- I did most of my research, actually, legally, on uh, Hulu and Netflix, mm. and, uh, and FX Now, Simpsons World. For now. Yeah, for now. Another month and a half, two months. Oh, that's coming up in my uh, picks. But should we talk about our topic? Uh, and oh, yeah, yeah. To the folks, what we're we're podcasting about? We're talking about premiere episodes. So not just like the first. Not it could be the first episode ever of a show, but the, it's the premiere episode of a season. Like we're talking fall premieres. We're in the fall uh, territory. This is when uh, uh, premieres are starting to happen of television shows and we're talking about our our favorite premiere episodes whether it be from a season three of our show season one season 10 whatever the first episode of said season is the rule the rad years being rather loose rules that some of these premieres didn't come in the fall Uh, only one of mine but i let it go because the full premiere happened like summer but the actual weekday premiere when it had the most viewership happened in the fall so I let it go. But yeah, the rest of mine are pretty much September, October. Not pretty much. They are all September and October. Hmm. Yeah, I don't think... I think one of them was September, actually, as I'm thinking about it. Oh, so you have a lot of... Uh, Three of the... They were like mid-season or because of the channel or style of show that they were. Or for whatever reason, like they launched, it was like one of those April launches. Oh, well, no worries. Yeah, and I also have some two-parters because it's all about a lot of this is. Uh, there were two categories for me. There was the the hype coming in, and then there's the cliffhanger from the previous season of the two. So, 
I, I was going to do that, but I, I found in my research and going back and thinking, I thought of five actual... There was a, a few King of the Hill cliffhangers I was going to talk about, but I've talked so much King of the Hill. I wanted to go back and talk about things I never really talked about. And um, I really did a deep dive here. I think you guys are going to hear some stuff I've never really talked about on this episode. Who goes first? That's a very good question. Okay, what did we talk about last week? I love that we do this on there. Uh... <laughs> All right, I can pull it up. Hold on. So, fun with learning. And your first pick was 3-2-1 contact. And my first pick was the letter people. I think I went first. So you went first, first so yeah. I go first. All right, here is Mr. Squeezers. All first. right, let's just fun retread. It is. It's time for your family to know the truth about those party animals in Washington. Watch this. From the producers of Doogie Howser comes the new first family of fun. And they said inbreeding was a mistake. Capital Critters, tonight at 8.30, 7.30 Central. So I know I talked Capital Critters before. A few but, times, but so have I. I, I had the toys from Lionel Kitty City. Yeah. But the the general thing, uh, general thing I'm trying to just throw out words to fill time until I think of something. So the thing about Capital Critters is when I was, I was so I was watching TV and I saw the trailer, uh, the promo for Mayans that's debuting. This was like a week or two ago. Um and it got me thinking, like, wow, I, I was excited for it all summer. Um, and then I didn't watch it because I'm like, no big deal. I don't have time to watch it now. It's on demand. I can watch it whenever I want. And it got me thinking, like, wow, you can't do that. You you didn't used to do that back in the day. You didn't have a choice. Right. You had to watch it then. Sure, you could have recorded it, but you can only do that so many times you know, yeah, now uh, at, at once. Now with the availability, like even with Always Sunny, it was which is my last show that I, I always have to watch. Now I'm like, well, if I miss, if I forget the DVR, it, I'll just buy it on iTunes. Uh, same thing, like the, the like well, like going back to mine. I caught the first episode, I enjoyed it, and then I missed two, three, four, five, like, and then I had to like binge catching up. It's just you know. I don't know how my parents like watched TV back in the day. Maybe they just didn't. Um, but we did watch Capital Critters, and I remember this premiere. I remember the excitement leading up to this, and they were running promos for it. And I think what was most exciting was it was the primetime launch. <laughs> and this was so it, it debuted in January of '92. Mm-hmm. Um, and it ran until March of 92, um, it's 13 episodes. Um, and I remember being so excited, like this was my chance as a kid to watch a show in prime time. Like that's more for me. You know, I was like, what, eight years old. Um, and I wasn't, I mean, Simpsons were blowing up. Um, and so all the other networks wanted to respond to this. Uh, CBS tried it and ABC tried it with Capital Critters <coughs> and they didn't tell you what kind of show it was. Um, and just judging by that commercial, 
which the that promo it shows like a family cuddle up on the couch and there's a fun little cartoon that the whole family can enjoy at you know eight o'clock at night and uh they really just uh like we talked about this the first time when we brought this up they really catch you off guard when they murder the title the main character's entire family uh with gas and then he has to go uh the DC to live with his fam- his cousin because the rest of his family is dead. That's how the show starts. Um, I I want to combat you on how your parents watch TV, and I want to know when you want me to combat. Do you want to continue, or do you want me no, to? No, no, go go ahead. All right. So imagine your your parents, uh-huh. and you come home, and you eat dinner, and now you have your whole night ahead of you. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you could play a game or board game with you guys or watch you play Nintendo. Or let's say you want to know some, you heard about something at work and you want to look it up. And you go down to your world books or your Encyclopedia Britannica and you look it up. And if you're lucky, there might be a paragraph at the most a page or two of information. Oh, I see where you're going with this. All right. And then you're done. Mm-hmm. And you could either read a book or listen to a record or listen to the radio. But... <laughs> There's a pretty good chance that the most thing you, the only thing you have to do is turn on the TV and whatever's on at that time is on. You could watch a VHS or a beta tape, but you know, okay, this is on. Let's watch it. Now, in your pocket, <laughs> you have a device, which is the newest ones are as powerful as any computer anyone will ever need that doesn't do. 4K raw edits on on uh, footage, but we're close. We're close. I mean, the only thing it's really missing is just a storage, right? So you you got this phone that has internet access, that has access to all the information, whether it be true or not, in the world. Uh, and now, if you hear something any given moment, you could look like you could find. Tons of information, so much mm-hmm. that you can find niche podcasts of two idiots talking about these things at nauseum. Hmm. On this phone, why would you want to watch television on a network schedule? Like when you don't have to. When you could watch it on this phone, the same fucking phone that you're researching and listening to all this shit on. You could everything that you had to do in the house. You could do on your fucking phone. Mm-hmm. Listen to records. Look up the Encyclopedia Britannica. Read a book. Listen to the radio or watch TV or watch a, a, a clip, a home movie. All this shit now you can do in the device that sits in your fucking pocket. So, yeah, that's why it's a little different. Uh, okay, gotcha. Our parents had no choice. That's a good point. We do. Uh, let me get off my soapbox. Continue. Okay. Um, I don't know. I can't recover. I can't recover from that. You're, you're, oh Man. yeah. No, I mean. That's some Bill Bill Pullman Independence Day shit right there. <laughs> well, thank you. That was like that was almost Van Dam and Street Fighter like speech. Well, I've been drinking, so. Oh well. Oh. Um. 
But yeah, I uh, I, I remember the, the hype leading up to this in, in our household uh, was palpable. And I, I think I, maybe like the parents, my parents were excited. You're comparing this to like the premiere. And they, like, what's that? In my household, the only thing that was palpable was like Scarecrow and Mrs. King was on oh. like four times in a row on the fucking Fox family. I don't know. I, I they I think they like saw my excitement for it and wanted to share it with me, and I get that now. We we had Cause my because I, I I see I do the same thing. Like I see her excitement and I want to part even if I don't have no interest in watching it, watching it with her and just experiencing that level of enthusiasm. That's what I think. That's what I feel like they. I I feel that's know. how Enchantress treats me. Yeah, I'm like her three year old, and when she sees me get really excited about something, she gets excited because, you know, I'm excited. You know, oh, he's so excited about this toy that's coming out. I'm excited too. Or like that new Halloween chocolate cereal M and M's at Target that he's dragged me there five times in August, knowing that there's no fucking Halloween shit, but that one place in Louisiana got him, so they could show up any moment. He's got to get them first. It must be exhausting dating me. Yeah, it is. <laughs> uh, but un unfortunately, uh, despite uh, the animation talents of those at uh, Hanna-Barbera and uh, the voices of Neil Patrick Harris, uh, Bobcat Goate, uh Frank Welker, Patty Deutsch, Charlie Adler. I mean, it was... It was uh, who's who? Yeah, um, uh, it didn't. It did not last. I'm guessing it was. It was a mix. It was too. It was too dark, too deep for the kids, and it's still a cartoon uh, to the adults. What year was this again? Uh, this was '91. Yeah, it was fall and, uh, winter of '91, mid-season. Uh, before its time is what they would say. Yes. Ab no. Absolutely. I'm. Um, I would love to see this. Uh, I I can see this being out there on a, a random streaming service that doesn't have to uh, be beholden. What network to, was it on? Uh, it was ABC. Well, fuck Disney Plus. Yeah, maybe we'll, it, there's a chance. The Behemoth could. I don't know who. Uh... All right. It was produced by Hanna-Barbera with 20th Century Fox Television for ABC. Uh, two of those companies are now owned by Disney. So they're, yeah. <laughs> so at some point, I'm most likely one way or the if other. If it was produced by 20th Century it. Fox, they own it. Yes. So now Disney owns Assuming it. that they still retain the rights to it. They might have, you know, Fox might have been like, uh, the, all the water jugs are uh, empty and the, like the cloister guy is like well what do you got it's like we got this cartoon from 91 you want it like <laughs> sure here's a jug of water that's true so some like truck driver water delivery guy owns the rights to capital critters yeah it looks like from what i can see it is now owned by disney because they buy all right all 27 bucks i will write a letter all right um, 
great pick. Uh, I've had the toys, the squishy toys with the the bending things in them, the the bendy rats and mice and whatnot. But uh, they were what, what about eight inch scale? Were they that big? Yeah, and the extra cloth clothes. Yeah, they were big. Yeah, yeah. I had, I got them from Lionel Kitty City. I I had no fucking clue what Capital Critters were. I never watched a show. Probably because I wasn't allowed to. It was too risque at that point. Even though you weren't allowed to watch Pee Wee's Playhouse, it's a, it's a weird party yeah. game. Party game. Party gym. Party gram. I think it's a, I. I don't know what you're trying to say. <laughs> uh, there's. I tried to make a joke off a commercial that Enchantress likes, like Paradigm. Oh, Paradigm? Paradigm, that's it. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah. I knew to get there. <laughs> um, so I, I'm going, f- when I, I'm dropping my Simpsons clip first, because I know you, you've got two, right? Uh, one. Oh, but two clips. Oh, yes, two clips. One, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mine is from uh, season nine, and it aired in, uh, September 21st, 1997. Probably like before some fucking baseball game. Here is my first pick. How do you find the defendant? He's guilty of mayhem, exposure, indecent. Freaked out behavior, both chronic and recent. Drinking and driving, narcotics possession. And that's just page one of his ten-page confession. I should put you away where you can't kill or maim us. But this is L.A. and you're rich and big. or alcohol no more pot or Demerol no more stinking fun at all <laughs> I'm checking in he's checking in he's checking in no more looking pale and thin no more bugs beneath your skin hey that's just my aspirin chuck it out your that song won an emmy squeezer no shit yes it's checking in from the broadway musical about the betty ford clinic that <laughs> the simpsons family sends homer goes to see when they visit the town the city I would believe of the borough of Manhattan, uh, Homer Simpson, uh, the city of New York versus Homer Simpson. The first episode, the ninth season where Barney, um, Gumble and Homer and Lenny and Carl all go to drink after work. And, uh, Mo says that, uh, there's going to have to be a, a sober driver. So they, they pull the pickled eggs out. I just watched this episode. So it's fresh. Even before, we picked it, and you said this. I just watched this episode. That's why I was quick to be like, I want this episode. It was surprisingly quick. I'm like, that's a very specific episode. And... Right. So they, they all pick like a pickled egg, and whoever gets the black one is a DD. <laughs> Barney gets the black one, and then all of a sudden the Duff Man comes in and saying that uh, 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 Barney wins like this giant like 
uh, vat of Duff Extra Dry, and he can't drink it, and he drops him off, and he goes crazy and disappears for two months, and uh, uh, he's at Moe's, but he doesn't know where he left the car, and then he get Homer gets a letter from New York City, which says they're at it's at World Trade Plaza. So they they now this is what's really fucked up. Uh, Mag, I'm sorry, Lisa holds up a brochure that says. Tickets, bus tickets to Manhattan, $9, and has the silhouette of New York with the two twin towers behind it, and it clearly looks like 9-11. Now, this episode premiered in 1997, four years before the attacks on 9-11, but people like constantly pointed out that it predicted the 9-11 hats, uh, attacks, and uh, Al Jean and um, Bill Oakley and everyone involved in it were just like, we just nine dollars was just picked as a comically cheap fare, and to make an ad for it, they logically chose a silhouette of NYC. And um, granted, it's eerie given that it's the only series to ever have an entire act of World Trade Center jokes. Yeah, but it's just a pure coincidence. Yeah, it's a, it's that Nostradamus effect. Like right. After the fact, you start connecting the dots. and Yeah. So the, 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 one of the best jokes in this is when that guy comes up and he's, he, he tries to offer the weird meat. And he's like, oh, all right, I'll take one of them. He's like, do you have anything to drink? He's like, uh, just grab juice or Mountain Dew. And he's like, oh, give me a crab juice. <laughs> crab juice. And he drinks so many crab juice that he has to pee. I forgot about the crab juice. But to say like, "Ew, just give me a crab juice," <laughs> and he has to, he has to go up to the the observatory to pee, and then when he's up there, the cop with the wrench to take the boot off his car comes out, and he hates for some reason he hates New York so much, so he just gets in his car and just drives away. But his family has this like enchanted uh, trip to New York where Bart goes to the offices of Mad Magazine and then he sees Alfred E. Newman and he's like, the flurgin' bark! And, and, um, and then they attend the Broadway musical about the Betty Ford Clinic where it's, I'm um, checking in. Uh, of course, which won an Emmy in the 1998 Primetime Emmys. And then uh, he takes a, uh, steals a jackhammer and basically destroys his car just to get the boot Him up. driving with the boot on as just shredding the fender... Yeah, that's something I could see our friend Uncle Bix doing. Yeah, it's it's visually one of those things that's so uh, it, it's so pleased. Like, I forgot how good this episode is. It is it's one of the best episodes of Simpsons ever. They sent um, Dave Silverman to Manhattan to take photos to to try and make like an accurate backdrop. And uh, Ian Maxton Graham, who uh, lived in New York conceived the idea of having them go and uh, uh, locate their missing car because he said it was like a classic Manhattan problem. And uh, Bill Oakley, who visited the World Trade Center when it was constructed, uh, when the towers were constructed in 1973, suggested parking it there. And Josh Weinstein observed that when we realized that there was a plaza between the two towers, they knew like, okay, this is the spot we're going to put Homer's car. Mm Mm-hmm. So they took like great detail to um, replicate every part of the city that they could, uh, like because you know they probably reused tons of backgrounds and like cityscapes constantly uh, in the show to replicate Springfield. But this one they had yeah. to make all new shit because they're in Manhattan, mm-hmm. and um, 
the final in capital city you can just draw whatever right you know, it doesn't yeah. have to rep represent anything right so uh the final scene the family scene driving away from new york on the gw uh and that's the george washington bridge for you outsiders uh, <laughs> the bridge my sister is stuck on a daily basis <laughs> um the credits roll and the camera like pulls back from the view of the car to the side to the panoramic view of the city as if the whole sequence was shot from a helicopter like a, 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 or a drone as you millennials who might not be listening would know it is. So to make this, they built a computer model of the bridge um, like, a, like pulling the pullout shot and then it was printed out. And with the printouts, they made photocopies and traced them onto animation cells. And um, it took a long fucking time. Oh, I can imagine. Uh, and they had to they had to contact Fox because they spent so much money and time on it to make sure they wouldn't run any commercials during the credits. Oh, not to just yeah yeah blow over all that work. Uh, and big ups to Ken Keeler, who wrote the lyrics for You're Checking In, uh, which won an Emmy. Uh, he spent two hours in a room alone writing the song. And when he shared it with the rest of the staff, uh, some revisions were made, but it was pretty much left the way it was. And um, Bill Oakley still pissed with the line with, hey, that's just my aspirin, claiming a better line could have been written. Uh, like heroin, I guess he means. Um, I guess it, and it, it was supposedly based on Robert Downey Jr. That was the actor. Um, okay. Uh, yeah, I can see. Wound up being one of the highest paid, most influential actors of this current generation who survived his battle of cocaine addiction and uh, would famously become Tony Stark on Iron Man. Um... I don't know. That's a great, a great episode. Um, and I love, I, I, I could watch it all day long. It was the highest rated show on Fox that week. Uh, the second highest rated was King of the Hills season two opener, how to fire a rifle without really trying when Hank's like afraid to shoot. So, mm-hmm. I'm like, I'll go back and, uh, this is an easy one to go back. Well, pretty much anything. It might like for me, it's like six, seven, eight, nine are my. Yeah, they're the go-to. Go-tos, but yeah, uh, this is such a. I forgot how some of the lines. The Mountain Dew and crab juice was great. Oh, is this a paella man too? Paella? No, no, no. He he's selling some like meat. No, no. Bart doesn't. Uh, same one where Bart uh, orders paella from the paella man. No. You sure? Bart orders paella. How do you spell paella? I have no idea. Palala? Bart orders paella. What's. I don't know how to spell it. Oh, I think I got it. P A L L A. Yes, P A L L A Y A. Um, no, is it? No, I, know. I know. I just watched that one. He orders a paella. That's at the soccer game where they, they have the riot and it's the guns, the guns. That's yeah. the gun one. 
Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm. I'm think. I just watched that one too. It's the gun. It's, it's uh, where Homer gets a gun and he's shooting everything out. That's when they're at the soccer game and they have the riot. Okay. It doesn't happen because yeah. they all hate. They all get excited and they hit soccer. That's when Bart orders Paya from the Paya man. Okay. I'm looking it up. It's, and it's it's one of those one of those opens that again Simpsons brilliantly. The first like three minutes have nothing to do with the remainder of the episode. But they do. It's it's how they get to a riot. It's how, it's how they get there <laughs> and looting. Com- which how they get there could it could have been anything. Right. They sweet and that's when Marge picks up the gun out of the garbage can, drops into her purse, and saunters out at the end of the episode. Mm. All right. Um. Here's your next pick there, handsome. I am Locutus of Borg. Resistance is futile. Your life as it has been is over. From this time forward, you will service us. Mr. Warp. Fire. Is this where resistance is futile <laughs> comes from? Yes. Yeah, from uh, the Borg saying. Oh, shit. I, I, yeah. Like, it's in the lexicon, but I never knew where it came from. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You learn, see, Brad years, you learn something new every day. You learn something new. And now you had to wait four months. Four months. This is one of those cliffhanger ones, and it would drive you insane. Uh, wait, let me, June to July, July to August. All right, three months, but still, that's a long time. Especially when your main character is now the main bad guy, and uh, the guy from the... Uh, the not was he Jonathan Frakes do Ripley's Believe It or Not? What was the other show that Jonathan Frakes did that was kind of like Ripley's Believe It or Not? Or was it Ripley's Believe It or Not? But like season three. I have no idea. Who? I want to say it was that. He did a couple shows like that. Frakes? Yeah, Jonathan Frakes. <clears throat> but then, yeah, he goes all badass and decides, you know, I'm just going to blow up Captain Picard. You know, I didn't want command. They wanted me to give him a command of another ship. And he's like, well, I blow him up. I got this one. So it's all good. He was who? Uh, oh, Riker. <clears throat> is Commander this which Star Trek? Oh, he's in the oh, new show. Oh, my God. He's in Star Trek Picard. Yes. He did a cameo in it, and he directed uh, the episode. So which Star um, Trek is this from? The this is The Next Generation. Oh, this okay. is Best of Both Worlds, considered to be one of the greatest <laughs> uh, 90 minutes of television ever produced. Oh. Yes. That one. He was in Wings. Yeah. Was Wait. he? Yeah. He had one. He had a, a cameo. Gavin oh. Rutledge. Third Rock from the Sun. Roswell. Um, what am I looking up? Uh, I think it was Ripley's Believe It or Not. He had a couple of those like mystery shows. Kind of like the Leonard Nimoy kind of ones too. So this so. wasn't the one with Shatner. He was in. Oh my God. Well, technically, yes, if you consider Star Trek Generations, but... I, I don't consider that's that. That's a movie. 
No, this was uh, the what I played. Uh, the clip was actually from season three, the last episode. That was setting up Here's what would be Gargoyles. the season four premiere. Ah. What's that? He was a voice in Gargoyles. Oh, yeah, he did a lot of voice work. Um, good director. Good director. Um, and so all summer, like, you would wait for this because this was a huge cliffhanger. Uh, you, it was a, this is a last-minute reveal, and they just twisted the whole script. And this is actually fairly even, like, a dark uh, Star Trek, too, especially the next premiere you realize that, well, Spoilers, but nothing actually happens. Oh. And then we also have the whole Wolf 359 incident. He um, hosted Alien Autopsy Factor Fiction. Yes. That was yeah, like he, my favorite thing ever. Yeah, he did a ton of those. He, was, he has a great presence in that. He kind of has a little bit of that um, uh, uh, Orson Welles. Yeah. Uh, it might just be the beard. But, but remember the alien autopsy where they actually sued to find out that it, it was fake, where they actually showed like, yeah, <clears throat> that, was, that was that was on Fox, that was, right? That was Fox, right? Yeah, yeah, of course it was Fox. Yeah, Fox. He did uh, um, UF uh, Roswell cover-ups and close encounters, mm -hmm. UFOs, the best evidence ever caught on tape, um, and also part two, <laughs> Beyond Belief, Fact or Fiction. That was his show. Uh, okay. Yeah, I remember Beyond yeah, that Belief. Was, I know this That was like guy. the sister, the cousin show of Ripley's Believe It or Not. Ripley's Believe It or Not, well, that was Dean Cain, right? Yes, Dean Cain hosted yes. Ripley's Believe It or Not. Beyond Belief was more like, um, kind of like uh, 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 Unsolved Mysteries and Ripley's Believe It or Not. Oh, wait, did we talk about this in the show just recently? I don't or maybe so. I was looking it up. I might have been working. I think I might have. This was on my short list when we did the sci-fi show. Uh... Um, I, and I think Beyond Belief, that was the one where they told you like a couple stories. And some of them were fake and, and some were, some were yeah, real. You, and you, you had did. To pick this was on was. your show. Yeah, you did talk about this. I don't think I did. No, you talked. You said some were fact and some were fiction. Yeah. Unless you were just telling me about this. No. I might have just gone down that rabbit hole. I don't remember actually picking this. No. Huh. Wow. Within the course I of an really hour, five stories thing. are shown. None of these stories have any logical explanation. Some of them actually occurred. You're left to decide which of these stories are fact, if any, and there are, or which are fiction. Was I'm there thinking. a Rogers episode in which we talked about this show, fact or fiction? <laughs> Uh, the world will know. I got to go back and re-listen to that now because I, I, it's really hurting my head. Because I remember it, but I don't remember talking about it. I don't either. Huh? And I just cleared out like my cache of old clips. I would have been able to know right off the bat. I could. Sci-fi. Uh, um, but what's cool about this episode too is like when it was conceived, it was. Written actually as almost like a three-parter because there's a follow-up because and it, they didn't just kind of blow this off. This had a big impact on Star Trek throughout uh, the rest of its run. It even rolled into movies and even the uh, Deep Space Nine, um, the spin-off episode of Star Trek, which everyone uh, you know knows and loves, right, Ryan? Sure. Um spins off of this episode the events 
in in episode well episode one episode two of uh best of both worlds uh it, that whole show spins off of the exact you know the events that occur um and it, that is a much darker show that was actually the first show without uh after gene roddenberry died so that's why they went a little bit darker all right um so your picks were babylon 5 the pc mm-hmm. star trek game Outer limits tomorrow people Yes, and aliens. that's the one with the the kids that find the spaceship, all right, and get warped into the water, and aliens. Love that show, aliens. Huh? You know what? It might. I, we probably talked about it during Outer Limits because that was like those were my two or three on the chopping block, and I had to. I went with Outer Limits. Makes sense. Yeah. See, I kind of, I kind of pick like categories and then I pick one I have your picks up until hold on so I'm gonna uh, I have fact your... or fiction it doesn't count as a so what will happen is in like four or five months from now where we do a show and I pick fact or fiction um what's the name of the show uh beyond belief beyond belief fact or fiction I'm going to pick that, and we're going to be like, wait, didn't I talk about this before? And we're like, no, and then we go back and discuss it for some more. Uh, the, I have all your picks from back to March of 2018. Damn. So I have almost two years of your picks. Look at that. So if you ever need me to go back and let you know, I've got them all. Well, I was planning on going and starting that log but that was like 10 episodes in and I felt like I wouldn't be able to go back and review 10 episodes and log everything that we talk about. So I'm going to get to that now. Yeah, we're, we're later. Since, 140 you know, hundred in. We're 145 in. Okay. Well, I'll get there eventually. Yeah. Uh, all right. Um, you have any more Star Trek? I'm sure you didn't talk anything about it. Go ahead. Talk Star Trek. Oh no, well I'm You did. You did it was some. it was the height it was this this tease that led you in like all summer just waiting for the events to like Star Trek didn't used to have that kind of cliffhanger. Okay. Um So yeah, and, and th- this was this was a big one. Uh and they actually ended up taking it and cutting it down into a, a ninety minute episode and uh release it. Um on VHS at the time. I think you can, it might even be on blue right now. I don't want to, um, yeah, it is on blue right Yeah. So you can go out and like, just get this one episode and it's, uh, I'm quoting Wikipedia here, but I agree with it. Uh, it's better than most, uh, Star Trek movies. I'm not going to lie because that's what made the it special. It was big. It was big for the series. Like scale wise and um, uh, stakes, it was big, um, which is great for a season ending cliffhanger. But it wasn't so over the top. Like every movie has to be so much bigger because it's a movie. But it's the show is more about, you know, the crew and how they interact and solve problems. And it's sometimes it's on that smaller scale that is more interesting than usually something needing to explode which is what happens in all the movies 
Right. It's like they throw out the whole, oh, Star Trek. It's about thinking and problem solving and peace and happiness and and it's like, nah, we get we got a budget, so let's blow shit up. Wait, if you have a budget, you gotta spend it or you're fucked. Well, they did separate the saucer section, so that was pretty. That's pretty badass right there. You don't see that too often. No, that's true. That's <laughs> true. I know that from watching the show. Movie. Show or movie? It, it was a show. We are talking about shows, so. All right. Uh, here is my second. Are we my second pick? Oh, God. It's two in the morning. Oh, my goodness. Here we go. No, not again! Hey, you! Do you know how much that game costs? Yeah, a quarter. Hey, you're one of them, ain't you? We don't want you lousy mutants around here! Stupid jerk arcade manager! Hey! Watch where you're going! Us? What bug crawled up her shorts? Not me alarmed. I am here to serve and protect. I'll take these. You must like to play cards. I like solitaire, okay? Unless I got someone to play with. So, I'm talking Night of the Sentinel from the X-Men 1992 animated series. Dare I say, work of art? Uh, they did everything right with the yeah. series. They, they based the characters off the super fucking popular Jim Lee design of the Uncanny X-Men. Um, they took probably the most popular characters and they really drew from uh the comic books when when writing them and um uh, like night of the sentinels took a lot from like days of future past don't think of the stupid fucking movie think <laughs> of like the books like uncanny 141 from 81 or like jubilee uh's first appearance from uncanny 244 and 89 uh or uh like when Kitty Pride first arrived in the mansion, and um, uh, also they did. Speaking of this, they did Dark Phoenix. I wanted to do season three, where the first fucking five episodes were the Phoenix Saga, and then the next four were the Dark Phoenix Saga. Isn't that insane? I know, like that they did. Like no movie. Like don't watch X Men three. Don't watch the Dark Phoenix. Go watch season three of the X Men cartoon if you want to see. A really solid version of the Dark Phoenix saga, like brought to life, or just read the fucking comic books. Yeah, like like go get X Uncanny X Men ninety seven, go get one hundred one, go get one hundred seven, go get one thirty three, go get fucking the end of it at one thirty seven, you know, and then trade it to your friend who you lose a bike race to, and then do a, a series on Netflix that basically apes the show. Uh, 
so yeah, the Night of the Sentinels to me was uh, probably the best premiere of an animated series ever. It really, it started off with with um, Sabretooth destroying a city, and they really get you like mutants are evil, and they really make you feel like that 1980 anti-mutant sentiment that the X-Men books really drove home. Mm-hmm. They had uh, Bolivar Tasks Sentinels, which were fucking creepy. I remember my Sentinel action figure I got. It was one of my favorite. Um, and they they had they had Jubilee in a mall, and Gambit, this series is what made the world fall in love with Gambit and made him a more popular character. Um <clears throat> Jubilee's yeah, and bar- like, sorry, but like the the Sentinels can't compare to the ones in this animated series. Like, the, I, I feel like movies? all the Sentinels that you see in the movies now, like you judge by this standard. No, and and, and they did them just like the comic books. Uh, sure. And um, the Jim Lee look and the Days of Future Past Sentinels and and like when it first crashes, like it destroys the ground. He goes to like kill a fucking dog that's barking at him. Like, they really, like, drive home the fact that these are evil. And you think Morph is dead, this character you've never seen before. You think Morph is dead in the first fucking episode. And Beast is captured. Uh, and, 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 like, all this shit fucking happens. And, mm-hmm. and you see, like, um, Wolverine feel protective. Like, the whole thing they did with Rogue when they introduced the movie with coming to the house. Like, that, like they fucking stole that from, like... I was actually Kitty Pride in the comic books, but they stole that from from Kitty Pride and and from from Jubilee and these these the show, and they did it so fucking well. Uh, even like the like the the jokes in it, like "Hey, Tin Woodsman, I'm sending you back to Oz in pieces." Like that would that's fucking great Wolverine mm-hmm. shit. Um. I don't know. I just there's there's something about these two episodes, particularly the first one, that really just if you start watching it, you're gonna be like, all right, now I got to sit and watch the whole series. Yeah, I rewatched the these in particular. Um, I had the I had the VHS tape from from uh, yes uh, Pizza yep. Hut that had them both on it, and then had mm-hmm. the round table with Jim Lee. I'm sorry, Bruce Lee, on it, and um, it was uh. uh the roundtable discussion uh, between, I'm sorry, I said Bruce Lee, Stanley. I'm fucking, it's two in the morning. Stanley and Scott uh, Lob, uh, Lobdell uh, talking about what they wrote and how they, be, it, like, the, the, the points of, like, the Holocaust and, and writing all this stuff and why it was important to, to adapt this into the X-Men. And, like, like back then, like, I, I've always knew Stanley. So when I saw him and, and, Mallrats in '95. Like you, you know who you knew who he was. So, like, I think everyone knows him from his cameos in Marvel movies now. But as a kid, we all knew him from Stan Soapbox and Excelsior. <laughs> so yeah, that I love that VHS because I'd watch the whole thing, and then afterwards they had the roundtable with Stanley talking about uh, the, how the show and how important. And it also had uh, Enter Magneto and Deadly Reu- Reunions on it. Uh, but yeah, so this to me is, uh, that's, it's, it's why I chose Night of Sentinels over the, the Dark Phoenix premiere in season three, because this is what gets you hooked on the series in my personal opinion. No, you're absolutely right. It was, it was, yeah, it was jaw drop. Like you didn't see anything like that before as a kid. 
I don't know. I, I mean, that it was more like uh, uh, wings of a uh, on leather wings. The the man bat episode that was the first one I saw of uh, the Batman anime series. Mm-hmm. It got me in, but this really got me in, and I wound up loving the Batman anime series more than anything ever. But I still really do love X Men ninety two anime series. Here, uh, do you want these clips back to back? Uh, wait, am I there yet? Uh, not back to back. Play the first one, and then we'll, when I get into it, I'll tell you when to play the second one. All right, here is your next pick. This past summer, all of America was trying to solve the mystery of who shot Mr. Burns. Then they found out it was the baby. (coughs) To keep this bombshell secret, the producers animated several solutions that were never intended to air. To keep the show's animators, editors, staff, and hangers-on from leaking the solution, two completely different endings were produced. One real, one phony. Now, that isn't from the particular episode we're talking about. No. But it is. It's the perfect clip. Rather than play a clip from Who Shot Mr. Burns. Let Troy McClure tell you about it. Yes, have Troy McClure talk all about it from the 138th Simpsons Spectacular. That's... 138th episodes. What was the title of that one? That 138th episodes. Spectacular, yeah. Yeah. I, I just remember, like, my being... It was my first full year of public school at, at Troxel. And I had a... Uh, I was in chemistry for my science class. And the teacher, Mr. Bryant, was awesome. Even though he's a Green Bay Packer fan, he liked me because I was a Viking fan. Well, Same yeah. division. Divisional friends. Also rivals. But he would talk to us before class, and we were so excited because the the who sh- we'd find out who shot Mr. Burns that year, like the 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 first episode, which I'm assuming you're talking about, right? Oh uh, well, yeah, it was again similar to like my previous pick, the the, the cliffhanger yeah. aspect of it, and the the summer buildup, uh, and the promotion. And contests uh, leading yeah, up. There was it. nothing was bigger huge. that summer than than Who Shot Mr. Burns, and it's what got me to watch. Um, fuck, not Dallas, obviously, but uh, I can't fucking think of David Lynch's seminal series. Uh, so I'm gonna look it up because I'm an idiot. You don't know what I'm talking about, right? Twin Peaks. Mr. Burns? Twin Peaks. Twin Peaks. Oh, yeah. The dream sequence and everything. Like, I, I, I so I oh, bought a the, book. The, from the Chief Wit, the Lisa dream. Yeah, and Lisa comes in, yeah. she's talking backwards, and the, the floor is the same material. So I learned about that Twin Peaks. So I watched Twin Peaks, and I fucking fell in love with Twin Peaks. And yeah i even though i knew this was from dallas i wasn't about to go back and watch dallas no i i was more interested in twin peaks and dallas yeah. I, I didn't even know what i thought it was all twin peaks and i realized it wasn't in dallas and i'm like ah fuck it uh so uh they went through a lot to try to cover it up so they didn't even start only um only the lead animator um was aware chance raspberry 
Uh, no, not at the time. I don't think. I, I don't think Chance. Shout was out to on the our good friend yet. Chance Raspberry, who is the current lead animator on The Simpsons. Give it up for the man. Uh, Little Billy's his project that's coming out. Check it out. It's fucking awesome. Donate to the project. Get some swag. Chance, I know you're listening. Uh, keep it up because I can't wait to see Little Billy on Fox on Sunday nights. Continue, squeeze. Oh. Anywho, so they kept uh, it tight under wraps. The fact that they didn't even start really finishing like uh, proper uh, writing and animation until like late, late um, before it would air. So it wasn't like sitting there. As far as the uh, like table reads, they didn't even read the end. Uh, and then as far as stuff that they did need animated, they kind of broke it up and gave it to individuals. So no one knew what each other was working on. They really kept it under wraps. Was our former um, boss running the operation? <laughs> I, yeah, but this was done intentionally uh, for for good. There was a purpose to it. There was yes. a purpose a good, to it. Yeah. Um, and uh, the promotion was over the top. So they they there was internet promotions. There was the uh, Springfield dot uh, uh, was was huge, um, even though, you know, I think what was it? Five. It had five hundred thousand hits during the summer of ninety five. Uh, so I'm quoting that. I know that's absolutely not five hundred thousand hits. But that was like now. everybody with the internet back in that was that was it. The entire internet went there, um, and they also had a big tie in with Wayne Eight Hundred Collect. Um, this is a long promo. It's like a minute long. We can you can play it. We can ramble over it uh, for a little bit. Um, Here it is. Oh, hold on, I gotta play it. And people all over the country are choosing one eight hundred collect to make collect calls so that they and the person they call can be entered. A nationwide manhunt is on to find out who gunned down Springfield's richest man. We now take you to police headquarters. Calling all cars. Calling all cars. This is the chief. Be on the lookout for the following mugs. Groundskeeper Willie. His little slip of the tongue um, makes him a prime suspect. And that, like, yeah, Chief Wiggum was like a star. Yeah, this, the whole arc really pulled out how stupid and great Wiggum is. Poor, poor Here. Wiggum. There it is. Were you dreaming of that as a kid? To be animated with The Simpsons? Who wasn't? Yeah. Well, apparently the woman that won the contest, she just took the cash prize. Oh. Yeah. yeah. So, so as these, uh, so you had to guess. My mother, as my legal guardian, would have taken the cash and said, "Go fuck yourself, Ryan." Um. So, as far as these contests go, um, I guess originally someone did guess who shot Mr. Burns, like the night of. On like a website for um, on that Springfield.com one, um, but they could never track the person down, um, so they had to pick a winner. So they just picked like a random winner, and these people, both the one hundred collect number and this one, like no one, they didn't watch the show. Neither of them were viewers of the show. None of them guessed the answer right. It was just legally like when you hold a contest like this, it's like you can't like. Well, you can't make someone watch something and, and do this. Like, everyone has to be able to enter a contest, that whole uh, no-purchase-necessary bullshit kind of stuff, mm -hmm. um, which I'm sure there's some legal reasoning behind it, but I, 
look, if you're going to enter a contest with the chance to being, you're taking that opportunity away from someone else. Go win money, go play a slot machine then. Right. But if you or I had the chance, you know, to uh, be drawn in the Simpsons, that was stolen from us. Bastards. I know. So all we have to do is become uh, big and famous, and then we can get animated in The Simpsons. All right. I'm a, I'm terrified of what I would actually look like. Uh, I, I yeah, 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 same. Yeah. Um, as it turns out, uh, well, Troy uh, McClure told us it was Maggie, uh, all along, and I, I think for the most part that was their intention. Uh, I think Smithers was bumped. A couple names are just, uh thrown about but maggie was always the one and even just to be funny and silly and like the baby did it but then the at the end to add in like her dark look and like the the sucking of the pacifier to the gunshots at the end Mm -hmm. of uh part two like she knew what she was doing which makes it even better Mm -hmm. uh and just the hype surrounding it over the summer, you could not wait for this to come. Nope. You could not wait for this to come. There was even a spinoff episode. They did, remember Springfield's Most Wanted? Yep. So they did uh, America's Most Wanted with John Walsh and, like, fake interviews of, like, uh, crime, uh, uh, law enforcement professionals. And then even John Walsh did a phone call interview with Chief Wiggum on the show. Uh, people, some people were a little disgusted by this, saying it was like too much. Others felt that it took away the credibility of, you know, America's Most Wanted because it does serve a purpose. Right. Um, in my mind, you can never have too much sense. I, I, I will look at, I'll take it that way. The way they treated it very seriously that all right maybe like look this what you do on this show in america's most one is important and you have to hold a certain level of credibility so i kind of see that but as far as they looking at it them looking at it as it's too much and now you're just being like selfish or greedy with your promotion like no as a kid i would want more simpsons more more and more and more like and more. you would never i that was back then you would never see that argument now because no one would even think of that. No. That you're like, oh, you're putting your product out there too much. Right. Now, you'll be able to watch this episode and the city of uh, New York for Summer Simpsons at launch on Disney+. Plus. But what I f- failed to mention in my last pick is you will be able to watch the X-Men 92 and all the episodes that I've told you to watch and the Spider-Man animated series on launch day on disney plus they announced that's that today confirmed? actually yeah it was today oh my god all i forgot the fox to say stuff. yeah all that shit Ooh, well, think about it they bought fox. does that mean you're gonna get the critic on there too yeah because critic was shared between fox and abc i don't see why not yeah <sighs> finally streaming of the critic oh it's gonna be all jay sherman all the time it stinks i have the dvd set of all of them so but yeah but now to, you don't have to yeah, get up to get up All right, here is my next pick. I love the beach. Yeah, me too. You guys come here every year? Well, my parents spent their honeymoon here. 
Oh, really? It must be very romantic. Yeah, I guess. Do you know what I feel like doing, brown eyes? I couldn't help but wonder if what she felt like doing was what I felt like doing. What? That's what. Kevin Arnold getting a little beach nookie. I'm going to start calling you brown eyes. Oh, <laughs> uh, you're just, unfortunately, I don't like the beach. So. Especially when I lean in for a kiss under the boardwalk. This was se- episode one of season three of the show, The Wonder Years. <clears throat> Originally aired on October 3rd of 1989. I remember being very excited for the premiere of The Wonder Years. That was a uh, must watch show uh, because we caught. Um, and then we we watched it over and over and over in syndication, mm-hmm. but we caught the like mid season of season two, and we were hooked. And so this this um, is something I like when shows do because most shows catch up in the fall, like you catch up with where they are. Mm-hmm. But they it's fun when they start the season off with like a summer episode, so they kind of you kind of see what they did during the summer. You don't always know that, like. How they yeah, spent their summer. Trick. Unless they, you know, make a made-for-TV movie about how they spent their summer vacation. <laughs> it's true. Or, or even a theatrical release. A la recess. School's out. Uh, so, um, uh, this song, this this show starts off, and he, he's talking about the summer of 69, mm-hmm. and... Um, how Woodstock? No, no. Oh. How Woodstock is a household name, and and I always like that uh, Big Bird made an appearance in this episode. You see uh, Big Bird walking down the street because I guess Sesame Street premiered in this episode. In this I episode, I honestly don't remember this one. Big at Bird, all. Big Bird's in it. So they're going. the 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 series takes place in any town USA. They never really tell you where the show takes place. But he's a he always wears that Joe Namath. Shirt, mm-hmm. that green long sleeve football shirt. Jets jacket. And they always talk about the Mets and everything. So I'm assuming they're somewhere in like Long Island or, you know, the suburbs of New York City. Yeah. Or maybe up north northern Jersey. Uh yeah, I think it was supposed hold on, I think I read somewhere in my research that it was supposed to take place. I was assumed it was around us because I thought everything was around us when I was a kid. That's a good point. Um yeah, I think it was supposed to take place in Huntington, Long Island. Okay. Yeah. Um, well, but that, that uh, kind of is any town. Yeah, ABC insisted that location remained nonspecific with the colloquial, colloquial, colloquial. We do this every episode. I what, I can't figure out how to, s- See, to speak. I can say it colloquial. Any town, USA. Um, it doesn't have a very Midwestern vibe to it, though. It does, but uh, really? I think so. I always got, like, it was our suburbs. Yeah, well, our suburbs are pretty. We're in Pennsylvania. So, you want you want me to freak you out? Um, no. There was between 
this episode coming out and the setting was 20 years. It came out roughly October 89. It took place in the summer of 69. Mm-hmm. From when this we when I saw this episode to now is 30 years. Jesus. Yeah. So there was less of a time between when this show aired and when it took place, which seemed ancient at the time. It did seem ancient. So you're saying if this show were to air right now, it would take place. It would be us in high school. Be us in '99. It'd be us in '99. Yeah. That's terrifying. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I do have a monologue that runs through my head pretty much on a regular basis, but uh, yeah. I wasn't kissing girls though. At least not real ones. Um. <laughs> yeah kevin arnold got busy so uh, the um, uh, the joke was this and when i was a kid i thought it was ocean city maryland i think it's supposed to be ocean city new jersey mm-hmm. but they just say they're going to ocean city any ocean city in any town usa in the bowl yeah I, but i i only thought like we were in ocean city new jersey before we went anywhere else but i didn't remember that mm-hmm. i just knew that when we'd go to rehoboth beach We'd sometimes take that half hour drive down to Ocean City, Maryland. If you're, but if you're in Huntington, why would you go all the way down to Jersey? Why not just go down to? There's plenty of beaches on Long Island. I, just pointing out there. I don't know, because that's where they. Their dad and, doesn't seem like one that would want to go on a road Oh, trip. he is so miserable. So I, I watched this episode just to bring myself back up to speed because I really haven't watched The Wonder Years in forever, and he was just a scary man. No wonder he died of a heart attack. Yeah. He's getting pissed because it's cost forty eight dollars for two rooms. Mm-hmm. No, and it's they really. I think they nailed the typical frustrated American dad. <laughs> yeah, I'm if, not speaking for myself. I'm more of a uh, man child, dad child. Yeah, yeah. He. Um, I'm more of a Homer. He was. He fought in a war, right? I yeah, think, I think home, he was in Vietnam. Characters. Yeah, it would be Vietnam if it was sixty nine. Korean War. Oh, really? Yes. Uh, born in 1927. Oh, yeah, that's true. He'd be... Korean War veteran. Grew up during the Great, Great Depression. Served in the Marine. Yeah, because my dad would have been Vietnam, but he had flat feet. Yeah. So, hence I'm alive. <laughs> um, came, a- came of age during the Second World War. Uh... So, um, he's, he's just an angry man and they're going to ocean city. That's where, uh, uh, Kevin's parents went on their honeymoon and they say in 1949, I'm like, ah, that's only 20 years before this takes place. So there's, betw- uh, you know, what? Uh, see, here's the problem. I, I kind of script the timelines. This is, you're absolutely right. It would have been cause I'm putting them at our age in 89, not our age in sixty. Yeah, right. So they're actually our parents' age. Right. So the Vietnam War was taking place. Yes. During this. Yeah. My uh, bad. Um, but uh, yes. So he fought in the Korean War, mm-hmm. and they spent their honeymoon in 1949 there. So to make you even feel older, there was less time between when this show takes place and 1949 their honeymoon than between when the show aired and now. <laughs> So to think, when you were listening to that show and you hear, like, they went there on their honeymoon in 1949. Well, 40 years. No. 49. The show takes place in 69. Yeah. You said 49. 49. 49. That's 20 years. 
Yeah. Yeah. But their, but their honeymoon was 40 years before the show. The show takes place in 69. You're, 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 uh, follow uh, along. Follow uh, along, right. Squeezer. Come on. It's not 2 in the morning. All right, watch my math. Don't say anything. All right. The show takes place mm-hmm. in the summer of 69. Yes. If their honeymoon was in 49, mm-hmm. that would have been 20 years prior mm-hmm. to the summer of 69. Yeah. The show aired in the, the summer or the fall of 89. Mm-hmm. That is 40 years. Yes. But that is not 20, that is not from when the show takes place. I'm talking about when the show takes place in 1969, there's a 20-year difference between that and 49. There is a more a bigger gap between when the show aired and now than when the show takes place in forty nine. I'm just saying how when you watched it and you thought, oh my god, nineteen forty nine, that is forever, sure. which at the time was forty years from when we were watching it. But still, that's only ten years more than it has been between when the show airs and now. And the people watching it relate to it because that was their childhood. Yes. So in nineteen twenty nine or no, twenty twenty nine, we're gonna be like, Oh shit, forty years of taking place. So, we do that right now. <laughs> yeah. We're not 40 yet. Not yet. Yeah, we're not. We're near it. Never. Never be 40. Yeah, I, that was always weird. I always thought, like, I remember when, like, my mom turned 40, and it's like, oh, she's... Yeah, they had an over-the-hill over party. Over they the bought party, all the... The black balloons and the right. big 40 balloons. Right. I'm and, wearing a backwards... We're both wearing backwards hats, and I dress like an idiot every day. And, and, and as a kid, you're like, oh, that's so old. And I'm four years away from that, and I don't see this... It's not like there's a switch you're going to flip. You I haven't been uh, handing my service white New Balance or Nikes to mow the lawn in. You know those memes that I always say, <laughs> dad with a fresh pair of white sneakers? I assume that comes up you're 40. Mm-hmm. I don't, yeah, it doesn't. I feel you're giving like your dress white sneakers. Something changed. It, it, it allowed the, like you were allowed to, I don't know, I guess our childhood was kind of cool and we hung on to it. Where there's like they still just had a hoop and a stick, so who wants to keep that around? <laughs> Fucking baby boomers. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, so back to the Kevin Arnold. So they're going to Ocean City, and that night they go out to eat. And this is another thing that I found weird. They're all in suits and ties. That is, I mean, it's strange, but that it was a again. That was the thing at the time. Was it? I think so. I mean, mm. even up to that point, like, it, it, I think it depended on where you were, who your parents were at that time. Now, I don't think anyone would. So that changed in it. 20 years, because when we go, went to the beach, you know, we were in swim trunks, and my dad was in a Spuds McKenzie t-shirt. Yeah. Well, yeah, I think it was that whole, throughout the, you know, the, the 60s, you still had that, I mean, even a couple of years prior to that, you were still going on Ned Sullivan wearing a suit and tie, you know? I think they still go when when guests are on. They still they're still in the yeah. suit. Yeah, guests, not bands. Unless that's your gimmick. Unless that's your gimmick. Yeah, but you know, everyone you know, there was a time even throughout the '60s you got dressed up, and then it just started tapering off, tapering off, and now you know it's just oh, I'm gonna be on a TV show. Here's some cut off shorts and flip flops. Don't worry about if there's a stain on my shirt because I'm just not gonna wear one. <laughs> I went into this profession knowing that you never really had to even tuck your shirt in. I, I, I thought about that, too. I'm like, I'm going to an office job today, and I'm looking down, and I'm wearing, there's stains on my shorts from where my Wawa uh, Frappuccino chocolate dripped on while I was trying to slurp out the last 
of the whipped cream and dripped on my shorts. So now I'm driving and like licking my thumb and trying to lick it off. And I notice there's a little hole, but I figure, why not? Because there's just going to be another hole somewhere else eventually. You know, shirt, the polo shirt. shirt I wouldn't call it, this an office job. It, it, we're in an office right now. I'm in a, we're in a corner office. We are. With very rectangular windows. This is, and it's a nice office, but I wouldn't call this an office job. No, it's a, we were at a hockey arena last night. It's also very true. But there, then I see someone else pumping gas next there, to me. And there's a like, replica wrestling belt and a Hulk Hogan action figure behind me. You bashed someone in the back of the head with, like, a la. I, I wanted to give him, uh, I wanted to uh, open him up the hard way. So mm-hmm. I didn't want him to, you know, get in trouble from management for mm-hmm. doing, no, a, think, doing a blade I, job. I think that's what it's for. Yeah. You have to, um, but yeah. Then there's, I see other people like well dressed and like going to work. I'm like, I'm going to work too, kind of. Those people who are in front of the camera have to put suits on. Yeah, it's not it's us never, behind the camera it's monsters. Not a, it's not a real job. Yeah, it's, we we make. It's what Kevin Smith says. We get paid to ma- to ha- play make believe for yeah, a living. Pretty much. Um. Uh. So yeah. Okay. They. Wear their suits and ties. They go out to eat, and um, Wayne and uh, the daughter just piss. Everything pisses the dad off. Four dollars for a piece of fish. I can't wait till I get there one day. <laughs> it's just so cheap. And then this is, and and then Karen, the hot sister, is miserable. And um, uh, who's the character was born in nineteen fifty two. So I used to think she was hot. She would have been older than her parents. Uh, yeah, she would be my mom's age. She. Well, my parents were born in '56. Oh, really? Yeah. My uh, '51 and '53. Mama Squeezer is kind of good looking. I'll tell you that. Uh, you can stop that now. That's weird. Yeah. Maybe I just see you and her. That's what it is. I mean, I can understand that. <laughs> yeah. No, she's just a very sweet woman who won't let her son watch Pee Wee Herman. No. And uh, they bring Paul along, and he gets road, road sick driving there and has to pull over and throw up. And then he has an allergic reaction to either the sun or the fish he ate and has to stay in his room the whole time. So Kevin's pissed. He's walking to the beach. Earlier in the show, we find out he got a letter from Winnie, who's at camp, and she met Chip. And oh, who the fuck is Chip? Mm-hmm. Probably muscular, you know. Yeah, built like one of those, like the gym guy from the Garfield cartoons. Right. Yeah. Well triangle body um, so with winnie cooper and chip uh, paul being a th- who writes a letter saying hey here's this guy chip well there was more to the letter and she was talking about her summer and she was away at camp and she met a guy and uh, her and kevin are just friends That's and you want to make him jealous that's the game they're playing the game <sighs> they were playing the game but i don't was kevin ever really playing the game Felt like it was never really. It, it was like, a long con it. for when. Yeah. Oh, he, I'll tell you why he was playing the game here. So, uh, before I get to that, a quick appearance from Juliet Lewis making out with Wayne in the car before they leave. She played oh, Dolores, right. yeah, uh, in the show. But um, Wayne, <laughs> biggest dickhead character in television yes. history. Hated. I hated Wayne Arnold and that stupid haircut. Just everything about him. And uh, you see his dad in him. Especially as the series goes on. Yeah. yeah. I always had a crush on uh, Karen and didn't know what she was doing with freaking David Schwimmer. You don't, you don't see it? 
But I I can see why a girl can fall for David Schwimmer. Yeah, I do too. It's the same reason why girls uh, Enchantress fell for me, or any girl has <laughs> ever fallen for me. Um, I guess it's that uh, aloof doofus appeal. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Hundred percent that. Uh, so he meets Kevin. Meets a girl on the beach. She's a little. She's an older woman. Um, fifteen. He lies and says he's fourteen. So there's a two age difference. You know, it's scandalous. Mm-hmm. And his mom agrees to let him go to the pier, the boardwalk, and, and hang out with her. And he, clearly, it's California. Like, there's no fucking <laughs> palm trees in Jersey Ocean City, New Jersey. But um, whatever, suspend disbelief. And they, the thing that makes me think Kevin's playing the long con, the game, the whole time is he goes into the picture booth and gets photos with the girl. And he's like very preoccupied with these photos staring at him. And she's like, did you hear anything I said? And she's like, you're just staring at those photos. And he's like, yes, I have proof. Ah. Like, I'm going to rub this. She's going to come. Winnie's going to come back. Tell me about Chip. And I'm going to be like, oh, you don't know about my side bitch, my summer bitch. That's degrading to women. But mm-hmm. my summer, he, he's her summer bitch because he's tiny. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and he's like, look at my, my summer love. I met her, we kissed and, uh, I have proof in pictures here, not of kissing, but you could assume after the pictures there was kissing and there was underneath the, the pier. Uh, that's the clip I played. And then she's, he's like, can we meet tomorrow? And she's like, I'm going back to Albuquerque or I don't think, or she wants to go paddle boating or something she goes i don't think they have those in albuquerque albuquerque she hits him hard he's like alba what kirky yeah my dad got sent back early some military probably i don't go into specifics she's like but i'll write you every day until we meet and he's like i wanted to, i wanted to ask her to wait for me and i i assume i'm gonna be with her the rest of my life and she only writes him once and says that she cried herself to sleep that night because she missed tea and she's gonna write him all summer and he's like that's the last letter she wrote me <laughs> i keep it in an old shoebox <laughs> And then it's raining, and he's all smiling on his way back, I guess because the family wound up having fun on a vacation after all. And um, he gets home, and he goes to see Winnie, and he's like, how's Chip? And she's like, Chip and I broke up. But he gets a smile on his face, and the the game continues. I just... It's time to play the game! (laughs) He was doing it before Hunter even had an idea in his head. Playing the game. Uh, yeah, and, and then so I watched this episode. They're streaming on Hulu, and I'm like, "Well, now I just want to watch every episode of The Wonder Years because uh, it's pretty good." Uh, all right, let's move on to your next pick. I've heard this one before. For years, scientists have wondered who were the dinosaurs. Were they the great brutish beasts of lore? Or might they have been gentle creatures capable of great caring, warmth, and sensitivity? Ta-da! Oh, hi. How you doing? How you doing? Earl, this is your baby. Hi, I'm the baby. Brand new, just out. Gotta love me. Come on. Gotta love me. Dinosaurs, the next big thing, premieres Friday on ABC TV. They tried to get all the catchphrases out right there. Oh, right then, they were setting you up so that you knew what they were when they hit. Mm. Um, 
I remember the the run up to this, the same thing as Capital Critters, but actually even bigger. Uh, I was so pumped for this. This was like something fresh on TGIF. And you know, when they were updating TGIF and adding new shows to that, you know you had something to look forward to there. Uh, and it's my two favorite things. It's family sitcoms and dinosaurs. And now he put them together. Uh, it was... I remember, it was, again, those little moments sitting together with the family watching it. These are the ones that kind of stick out for me. Not that my family watched Star Trek with me, but still. Um, and I just remember being really pumped for this. And I think even my, my parents were actually into it this time around versus Capital Critters. It was just, ah, well, let's spend some time with the kids. Uh, it was just, it looked great. It was something, and it was something different, too. Yeah, we were super excited because this was TGIF. I mean, you were going to watch it. They were putting it in prime. I don't think anybody today understands what prime television Friday night was. It instantly gave it credibility. Yeah. It wasn't going to be some cheap show. It, it, it's, it, it Not even credibility. It instantly gave it viewership. Yeah. It was built-in viewership. Yeah. Unfortunately, that viewership didn't last after what, uh, three, four seasons. Seasons and uh, well, the whole TGIF model was tapering off. Yeah, I, I don't know how the the per, per, per digum, <laughs> paradigm. Oh, I thought you were talking about per diem. No, the the part. I think I said this last night. The partigram, the new part partigram, part parad paradigm. Paradigm. That's it. We're much smarter than we. Do. <laughs> the paradigm shifted, and all of a sudden, Friday nights turned into. I I don't know. I think I think it. It deals a lot with uh, there's I've read what people have written about it. I'm not trying to come out on my own here, go into business for myself, but I'm, uh, people have uh, assumed that the economy drove television viewership and um, habits in the '80s leading into the '90s. The economy was very uh, in a recession in the '80s mm -hmm. and started taking a bounce back in the early '90s, like '93. And that's when you saw Thursday night becoming the big behemoth night and Friday night dying because people had more disposable, disposable income, income to, go, to go, out. go out on Friday night and do things other mm -hmm. than stay at home and take the family out instead of staying home and watching television. So for us then, in that case, a recession is a good thing. And we should hope for one. To get more TGIF. Yes. Well, now you could do whatever you want, watch whatever you want, whatever you want. Well, that's a good point. And who knows, maybe by what? Uh, November, we'll be watching dinosaurs. However, we want when we want. Oh, they're oh, because they're owned by Disney. Also, everyone's owned by the great glorious empire that is. This might be the most uh, what all-encompassing streaming service yeah. for TV. Yeah. Period. The fact that they own Fox. And yeah. I wanted to get in that three-year deal, lock myself in, mm -hmm. but. Um, I don't know. I think they're not letting other people glom off your viewership, so you're going to have to get your own squeezer. Yeah, I know. No, no problem. <laughs> I want to get the, the... I'll probably end up getting with the ESPN package anyway, too, just to, so I can watch fishing and poker. <laughs> also, I haven't seen an MMA fight since they... I uh, went to that... Con uh, I wasn't a fan of them. So uh, anyway, I digress. Watch fishing and poker. Um, I was so pumped for dinosaurs, and, and the episode was great. Uh, it's... Uh, uh, Earl instantly becomes like this, or as you're talking about, uh, 
Mr. Arnold just being a complete miserable, just dare I say, dick, uh, just beaten down. Cheap dick. Cheap dick. Er Earl's beaten down, but in that Homer Simpson kind of way. He's still a lovable, fun. I, I wouldn't think Homer's beaten down at all. I mean, they, they try to beat him down. They, they try to, but he's too dumb to understand that he is beaten down. <laughs> right. Although in, in Who Shot Mr. Burns, he did Hong get beaten Kong down. Gas. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point. In Mr. Burns, in Who Shot Mr. Burns, Part One, he did get beaten down because he couldn't remember his name. Oh yeah, right. Yes. Who are you? Um, did I just? I'm just double checking to make sure King Size Homer was in the premiere. Mm. Seventh episode of the seventh season. Good. Yeah, that would be Because if I miss King Size Homer, my favorite ever episode mm-hmm. of The Simpsons. Yeah, I think I think this is just setting. Dad, up what are you doing down there? Washing my fat guy hat, honey. <laughs> I think once this whole premiere thing for the Disney thing drops, then we can go. We can do our whole Simpson extravaganza episode. Here's what I want to do. Uh, we can just, you know, th- just hey, basically the blow Disney month. Stay with me. Yeah. I feel like, from what I've read, Simpsons has never lost its appeal. And it is now on, I, there's been about 20 seasons I have not seen. Mm-hmm. There's more now that I haven't seen than I have seen. That's a good point. I think once this drops, we should go back and watch the seasons we haven't. And do maybe a new podcast. I don't know if you guys think this would be fun watching The Simpsons. We start from season one. But if oh gee, that's a lot of episodes. Well, this gives the show longevity. Oh, I get you. Watching The Simpsons with RK and would Squeezer. It, would it be a whole separate show? Yeah, it would be its own show. Oh, okay. to, to build the Rad Years Media Empire, give you guys two shows in the week. We barely have time to do one. Now we'll give you two shows in the week. But it's not something we really have to do research on. We just watch and comment on it. I can't help it. myself. I'm going to have to. No, I, I really want you to not do research okay. on it. But what if I don't like them? I don't want to be all negative, Nancy. Yeah, no. We'll be honest. Oh, okay. So we'll, we'll, I figure we could do two episodes per show. That's like an hour. Well, 40, 44 minutes. minutes. So we come on. Oh, so it's like a third of what we normally do when we're just rambling on. Yeah, here. it won't be like the the long radio show. We come on the air, and if you guys want to see the, or I'm sorry, if you guys want to hear the show, you let us know, uh, and we'll make it happen. Because uh, right now I'm only spending a couple hundred dollars a year on radios. I think I could up that. <laughs> <laughs> I do like the idea of just watch-alongs in general. We can do Simpsons too, but just anything. Yeah, if once I upgrade, I think we could have up to three or five shows. Hmm. So I was th- watching The Simpsons with RK and Squeezer, we watch along. Season one, episodes one and two. Season one, episodes three and four, you know? And then we get, it gives us an opportunity to watch, watch them all. Hmm. Okay. Starting at episode one. Yeah. Season one, episode one. No. Yeah. That's, uh, how many episodes are that now? We'll get probably 12 podcast per season times 30 mm. some seasons i like the way we're working this out in front of the people yeah they're like remember all those other things you guys <laughs> <laughs> but this one's easy we could do it yeah that's a good point so it was making that uh uh 
this day in rad years history bumper sweeper that or that segment in general yeah <laughs> then it got taken over by the rambling and i i, I think people like the from, there's some people who don't like the rambling they talk too much about bullshit before that topic well even when we get the to whole topic, the topic's bullshit we're talking about dinosaurs right now we're not yeah. we're planning the next uh show that we're in so that being said dinosaurs dinosaurs we could just call the show watching disney plus <laughs> and just watch everything on disney plus we love you overlords yeah and like we watched season one of the simpsons and that's just the show and then 30 shows are the simpsons the uh, simpsons season and then we go to dinosaurs and we go to x-men x-men and then it's this is just an excuse for us to watch cartoons watch everything on watch disney everything. plus except disney properties uh trust me i'll be getting plenty of those in yeah you're gonna you're gonna watch those against your will i do right now probably me too chantress likes them i did watch oliver and company with her and i liked it because the musicals were billy joel songs oh that's right yeah it's all billy joel he was the voice of the the dog um and i yeah i did enjoy that so i can't shit on them all but uh You're talking about he wasn't beaten down, Earl. Yeah, he was just a happy-go-lucky guy. <laughs> sorry, sorry for the digression. Yeah, no, no, we can. And he didn't eat his dinner, and then his dinner became his boss. It was just fun. It just... Wait, what? Yeah, it's the, the best. They have the little critters that they eat, like alive in their fridge, and then the one escapes. And becomes his boss. Uh, yeah, uh, at work. Yeah, <laughs> it's fun. It's, it was a very, it didn't take itself seriously, but it actually did touch on some serious topics eventually. Like, they did the whole, like, every sitcom. They do the drug stuff, and, you know, Robbie's all, you know, goes full Jesse at one point. Uh, and, you know, I, I feel like the ba- baby Sinclair was the, the Bart Simpson of it. Everyone they were kinda, trying to, yeah. They were trying to. Everyone concentrated on him. And don't get me wrong. He is adorable and funny. But there, there was so much more. Well, it's funny. I, I read about The Simpsons. They were trying to market Bart so hard. And they were. And they were. And he was huge. And then the paradigm, the paradigm <laughs> shifted. And Homer became the popular character. And the show became more about Homer mm-hmm. than it did about anything. And yeah, but I I don't know. They tried to really force that annoying baby down your throat. Yeah, I did all. You did. Oh, the pull string, yeah. Not the, the mama. In the board game. Yep. Man, you were all in on dinosaurs. Loved it. Loved it. Real life dinosaurs. Loved it. Um, when did this premiere? Uh, it was. I could pull it up. No, I've got a computer down. in front yeah, of me. It was uh, April. That's right. This is what we talked about at the beginning of the show. Um, it was one of those they mid-season replacement. Yeah, well, not even mid-season. It was that summer. They consider launch. April mid-season replacement. Really? Yeah, I think. Oh uh, yeah, if February. Gonna, if you're only going to do like the whole 13 episode stint uh, off the bat, yeah. Yes, it was only five episodes the first season, mm-hmm. so that's like a test, just like yeah. The Office did, I think. But yeah, then it came in fall, September of ninety one. We'll count it. 
Like five test episodes in a full season in September. Yeah, it was an expensive show to produce. I bet. Clearly. And the suits were built. They, they spent a lot of money on it because you can get away with making a cheap suit for a movie sometimes because when you're done, you're done in 30 days of shooting and then you mm-hmm. trash it. Jim Henson was it behind was those, the right? Jim Henson. Yeah, the inspiration came from actually uh, the Ninja Turtles uh, oh. cost. Just the design of and the functionality of the Ninja Turtles costume. It's like, yeah, let's do a show about dinosaurs. Make it a fun sitcom. Sweet. I, I think it still holds up. Okay. Um, here is my next clip. Thanks for saying that, DJ. Michelle's looking a little worried. Not me. <laughs> Come on. I'd like to make a toast. Here's to Dad, Uncle Jesse, and Joey, and Becky for building our beautiful new home. Thank you. <laughs> and for being the best big sister on this whole island, here's to DJ. Yeah. Here to paper. <laughs> this is from episode one of season three of Full House, originally aired on September 22nd, 1989. Squeezer, tell me what happened on season one, episode one of Full House. Season one, episode one? It's when did, Jesse did, did, and Joey did, did, moved in. Did they in. move in or is that like a backstory? No, they thing? moved okay, in. Okay, yeah, they moved because in. Because the mother Mom died. died. Yeah, because it's a family sitcom, so you got to kill someone off. <laughs> right. So to celebrate the they two years. They were prepared to be a Disney product, so that's why they yeah. you know, start killing parents. Uh, to celebrate the anniversary, the two year anniversary of the day that Jesse and Joey moved in, Danny uh, surprises the family and, and soon to be Aunt Becky with a special trip to Hawaii. He had a huge house in San Francisco, buying trips to Hawaii. A good morning, whatever the fucking show he was on, mm-hmm. must have banked. Yeah, that, that's probably the most unrealistic outcome for yeah, someone right. that's on a morning show. Uh, everyone's looking forward to uh, having a good time and soaking up rays, but Danny, being the type A that he is, has the uh, pre-planned clipboard of fun uh, events mm-hmm. that everyone it drives everyone fucking nuts. Um, Joey's like falls in love with this hula dancer he meets on the first day, and he definitely wants to connect with her. And uh, uh, Becky can't stand uh, uh, Uncle Jesse's like Elvis impressions through the whole an obsession through the whole trip in Hawaii. So everyone is uh, fighting and, and uh, not getting along except the kids who are getting along better than ever. Uh, they get stranded on an island because they didn't tie the rope on the boat right. So we're talking Gilligan Island style situation mm-hmm. for the Tanners. And uh, when the adults start fighting, the kids have a little role reversal with the adults. Uh, of course, they get off and... Um, they get back to San Francisco because uh, weren't they just? But am I correct? Like they thought they if, if this is the right episode, like they thought they were stranded on like some right uh, native island, but really they were just like around the back of the loading dock of the whole resort, and uh, just over the hill or something like that. Yeah, uh, I didn't finish it, but yeah, you could yeah. be right. <laughs> this is a tougher watch than the Wonder Years. So, a little trivia. The episode premiered on the same day as the series premiere of Family Matters. 
on uh, September 22nd, 1989. Um, of course, uh, this was notable for the second episode of the season being Back to School Blues. The first time Michelle ever says, you got it, dude. Oh. Yeah. There's a lot of merchandise off of that. And memes. And memes. Yeah. You got it, dude. So, yeah, Full House, Tanner's Island, Season 3, Episode 1, September of 1989. I remember watching this one. Ad this one, well, that's because it was always fucking played in the uh, syndication rotation. They, they played, you saw this one all the freaking time. Well, yeah, they probably had to justify spending all that money to go on location. <laughs> right. Which, it's like, did they really need to make this episode? No. But the crew and producers and cast wanted to go on. Yeah, vacation. that's why everyone always went to Disney. As mm-hmm. soon as they found out, like they could go to Disney for free, at the, the show went to Disney or Hawaii. Yep. Yeah. It's... All right, we gotta take the do the Rad Years have to do a uh, oh, the Rad Years in Aruba. We can go and talk to people what it was like back there down in the eighties. You just want me to. Um, Fly me to Aruba. Oh, hold on. If I just kept playing this clip. Was I right? I think you were. Big Bird. <laughs> so Michelle says Big Bird. This is the Mother Hornies. We're saved. Come on, everybody. Ste- Stephanie, well, wait, wait a minute. Honey, hold on. It's dark out there. Steph. Leave the women and children, just take the men. Actually, just take the man responsible. He gives up Danny like that. Sir, I don't mean to pry, but where are we? Pua. Pua? We're here! See, the skipper got us to the right island, just the wrong side of it. You must be the owners of the boat they washed ashore. Sorry if we scared you, but we like to tease the tourists before we put them on stage. Pretty funny, eh? This is I can't remember what invites our visitors to join us on stage for Tahitian dancing. Yeah, and Jesse starts singing, right? I don't remember that. My memory's not that good. My sister was obsessed with this episode. Yeah, Lisa loved this show too. Oh, there she is. Joey's girls, yeah. Would you like to dance with me? Read my hips. Read mine first. I just got really cold. Yeah, I know. She kind of has got an Atlantis vibe to her. See that now. Yeah, Becky starts playing an Elvis song for Jesse to make up for it. So they're dancing on stage, the whole crowd. I talked to the band. This one's for you and for Elvis. One of oh, these people in prison right out, now. Baby. The band knows the song? <laughs> And Becky. It's a hard and criminal. Yeah. How do they know how to sing? They're, they're a professional band. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Well, Jesse is in Jesse and the River. Uh, so yeah, it's, that was, and I think uh, this one's always notable because like you said, it aired constantly 
on all the time. Um, all right, your last pick. Here we go. The infidelity. Come on, Chef. Haven't you ever heard of a Manage 03? A town shocking secret. Who here has never had sex with Mrs. Cartman? And the uneasy question that haunts one young boy. So who put his hoo-hoo dilly in your cha-cha? Cha-cha. This April 1st, find out the answer to television's biggest mystery on a very special South Park. Coming up next, only at Comedy Central. Since the last South Park, you've waited four long weeks to find out who the father of Eric Cartman is. Now, finally, the shocking truth about Cartman's lineage will not be seen tonight so that we can bring you the following special presentation. It was Terrence and Philip, right? Yeah. April Fools. Oh, I remember this. Yeah. I Man, people were pissed off about this. Yeah. They were furious. I they, was I was pissed. I thought it was funny. I but. thought it was funny, but I was pissed. Not pissed off enough to write Wasn't a Wasn't she a hermaphrodite? That's Yeah, she ends up being... That, that's her the own, best part about yeah. this. So the initial drama was they pulled in April... The first season cliffhanger was they were going to reveal who Cartman's dad is. And then they come back four weeks later. It was only a four-week layoff because South Park originally launched earlier the year before. And then... Uh, this season launched in April, April 1st, April Fool's Day. And they were supposed to reveal the uh, who his dad was. Instead of doing that, they aired this Terrence and Phillip special of Terrence and Phillip and, uh, with Saddam Hussein, and there's this big battle of them, and they fart on him and it explodes. And it's typical Terrence and Phillip's fart humor. People judge the was episode very harshly. pre or post the movie? Oh, pre. This is only season two. This right. is very early But the on. movie comes out right after this. No, nah, movie, movie was in. Out. I saw the movie in high school, so it had to be. Well, this this was only ninety nine. I think the movie came out in ninety nine. Uh, I want to say it was just a little bit later. I want to say at least another season or two. Um, but well, they were on their like fifth season by two thousand. <laughs> that's true. They were just grinding them out. Uh, not grinding them out, but it, the way they broke up the seasons is very odd. They either either had June a, of ninety nine. Really? So the movie so it came only out came two out months two months after this. Yeah. Because huh, I thought strange. I thought it had something to do with promoting the movie because of Saddam Hussein and Terrence and Phillips. Yeah. Oh, I thought that came out so much later. Blame Canada. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, there was an outrage twofold. One, uh, people did not appreciate this episode as a standalone episode as it is. They uh, referenced it being uh, 30 fart jokes in 22 minutes they weren't happy with. And just in general... Uh, it being the April Fool's Day prank, they were not happy about. Look, if you're that committed to the show, where you're going to write a letter because you had to wait four weeks to find out who a little animated piece of construction paper's dad is. I know. I, I thought it, 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 to this day, it's still genius. It, it's genius, and it's set up for next week because the best part about it was people wanted to pay off. The best part about it is eventually... So this was even supposed to air later in the season. They moved it up because people were so angry. They moved up to episode two of the season. The best part about it is the payoff is absolutely... There's nothing there to begin with because it just sets it up another uh, whodunit because at the end of the episode, they reveal that Cartman's mom is a hermaphrodite, so she also has male genitalia, mm-hmm. but therefore male... She cannot still impregnate herself... So that she has to be the dad. So they set up the narrator even comes in doing the voiceovers like, who is Eric Cartman's mother? 
and setting it all over again, and he just cuts him off. It's like, no, we're done. And that's it. The, the brilliance of that, like, and for all we know, because the way they crank out episodes, I mean, they can produce an episode on a weekly basis. They could have seen that outcry. I don't know this for certain. Seen that outcry and just built this up further and then just a bigger F you ending to go with it, to not give you an answer. I think it's absolutely brilliant either way. Uh, but I just remember the, the, the build-up for this, and not just even the cliffhanger, just waiting for season two because it was such a hot property. And it was the biggest thing you talked about in school. Mm. And this was... It was about this time, too, though, where parents started getting into it and liking it, and it's like, no, this isn't for you. Stop. This is our kid thing. It's inappropriate for adults to watch. You can't enjoy this humor. It's for me and my friends and our 13-year-old brains. Mm -hmm. uh, but me, I, for me, looking back on it, I really think like the April Fool's Day prank, it just makes the rest of that episode, the rest of that season... It's I don't understand the outcry. And I think it wouldn't even have been as funny if it weren't for the outcry. Harmon and uh, Justin Roiland did something kind of similar to, with Rick and Morty. Mm -hmm. Season one and two came out, and season two ended in a big cliffhanger with uh, Rick giving, getting arrested and giving himself up to the Galactic Federation. And they wanted to know what happened, and no one knew when season three was going to come out. And, no, and if there was going to be season three... And there was like talks of money with Dan Harmon and everything. And then on April Fools, the first episode of season mm -hmm. three came out, and that was the whole uh, Szechuan sauce thing. And then that was it. There was mm -hmm. no other episode of season three. <laughs> and they eventually released mm -hmm. it in the summer, but I thought that was pretty funny, April Fools. Hold you. Uh, all right. I saved the best for last. Said, Emperor of all I see, you have failed to complete the mission assigned to you. I will now resume command. Prepare the pass for my return. Lord Zed has returned. Oh, he's gonna ruin everything. But, but where is Lord where Zed? Where he belongs, his chamber of command. Oh. I got such a headache. Deal with it. I'm going to meet my emperor. Hey, wait for me. We should check this guy out. Come on. <laughs> I won't play the full. The whole, you won't play the whole episode? Well, I have <laughs> for another five minutes of this clip. Where Goldar, Gold is where Goldar finally meets Lord Zed. Big D. I welcome you back, my Do you remember what a uh, uh, what a thing this was? I didn't even really like Power Rangers, but this got my interest. Oh no, I was already, I was all in. See, for me, you're you're younger than me, and two grades younger than me. I, to me, this felt like kid shit. The first season, I but I secretly loved it. <laughs> yeah, especially the whole Green Ranger, White Ranger shit in the first season. Well, first season was sixty episodes. Yeah. And, well, here's the thing. I got to apologize, Ms. Squeezer, because I, I went to her on this. I'm like, hey, are there any season premieres or any season cliffhangers that stand out in your mind? She goes, 
White Ranger. No, nah, mid season. But it it is, but it isn't because where it would lend up in time, it should have been like the way it was built. It's perfect spot for a if there was, you know, a season at that point, season two, that's where it would have belonged. But then I'm like, no, it's not a season premiere. I can't do it. We'll get to that one eventually because Tommy's dreamy, according to her. And also a little insane. Yeah, just a little. But yet, if I walk in wearing a white ninja outfit with a motorcycle helmet and a gold black shroud, I'm the weirdo. <laughs> you had some, years ago, some Goldar cosplay joke that I just, oh, that's right. I doubled over and laughed at. Was that on the show, or was that just, no, that was like just walking down the street? That was just a TV2 uh, work thing. Goldar cosplay. I remember that now, yeah. Yeah. You were talking about your wife having a pink Power Rangers costume. Oh, yeah. And you, you came home in your gold art. <laughs> uh, you uh, always crack me up with your jokes. but uh, So I remember on TV Guide, I think they did a big thing with Zed on the front, like, new boss on Power Rangers. And um, Rita Repulsa, I was, my, I was taking the case. I fidget with my phone. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had the insurance on my phone, and uh, the, I, I smashed it, and I had to get a new one. They only had a white one. Oh. Uh, and I hate, you know, unless it's all black, I'm not a fan. Yeah. So I I think your your work one, too, is white, right? Uh, you have a giant red case on it. Yeah, well, the red case is like a warning. Like, don't touch this one. Right. Now it's easy to tell. The one with the broken glass is my personal one. <laughs> So I have a black case on it with uh, our f- smiling faces. Yeah, I keep just forgetting to put my smiling face on it. But is it like wearing your own concert shirt? Like is that? I mean, if you don't, if if you don't wear your own band shirt, then mm-hmm. you're an idiot, in my opinion. Well, my it accentuates things right now that I don't <laughs> want to accentuate. So no, I wear every time I go anywhere, I wear the Rogers T-shirt. Oh, what's that? Oh, that well, that's me. That's me. And that's my fat friend, the <laughs> raccoon tail. He's adorable. <laughs> No, we uh, and when we I was walking the uh, hiking with Enchantress on Neighbor Pains. After she ran twenty miles, she did a few just like slower hikes, and I went with her on that. I had my Radiers T-shirt on, just in case anyone else saw it. Always promoting. Mm-hmm. Not like our friend in Disneyland right now. The dad hashtag Dad Years. Our friend Rocco wants to do a, a spinoff podcast with us called The Sad Years. Yeah, you, there's nothing sad about them. Or, or, or is it like supposed to be now? It's current, yeah. Oh, yeah. We're okay. talking about current things, sad years. sad years. You could do your spinoff of dad years. That's true. What was that? we're, we're, we're talking a whole network of shows now. Let's, yeah. let's just watch cartoons for, and get that going first. Yeah, that's important. So, yeah, Zed uh, came over and he took over because Rita's a bumbling idiot and her team of bumbling idiots couldn't get the job done of destroying the Power Rangers. I mean, it's a bunch of teenagers. Yeah, right. If you can't destroy a bunch of teenagers. I, w- I don't know if the Skull and Crossbones or whatever the hell their names were, the two, the fat guy and the skinny idiot, mm-hmm. did they become cops yet? Or was that the next... Season. I don't. I don't think so. I, don't I didn't do a whole lot of research yet. on this. Not I watched sure. a few clips. I just remember being excited. This premiered. Technically, it premiered in uh, July of, I believe, let's see, July of '94, uh, July 21st. But it didn't. The weekday premiere, which was when most eyes got on it, were was uh, September 3rd, 1994. And did you pick this? 
no, like we were going to talk about Lord Zed in this show anyway. Were we? Yeah. I didn't but, know that. Oh, no. But, oh, you didn't uh, Robert Axelrod, who voiced Lord Zed, passed away on September 7th. Oh. It was actually one of my little news things. I scratched it because when I saw what you had put, I'm like, oh, I'll just address it then. I did not. Yeah. I just figured, because I was trying to think of like shows that I watched that I got excited for, and mm. that's why I pulled this eclectic list. Um, well, sorry to upset you. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you did a ton of, uh, a lot of anime stuff. That was a big gig. He was good so. at matching the... Because mm-hmm. these came from Japan, too. Yeah, he also played Paul McCartney in the uh, Family Matters episode, where they meet Paul McCartney. Oh. Mm-hmm. Hmm. But yeah, Lord, uh, I, I was... I, and you know what? I wasn't even a, a Lord uh, Zed fan, nor a Rita fan. I was, like I said, a Goldar fan. I'm like, why is this guy being... He's, seriously, he can be running the show right now. Like, why is he bowing down to these people? But Just, Goldar was way happier, I think. I get that. When Zed appeared, than he was. Rita. He was. I, I think he just didn't want the responsibility. Yeah. But he had. Heavy is the crown squeezer. Ah, uh, yeah. I'm quite. Yeah. <laughs> you're like you're kind of like my Goldar. At uh, work. You're, Not on the show. We're equals in the show, but. No, no, it's, I get that. I'm, nope. I'm the little elf dude that makes the putties. I'm just your putty. <laughs> or I'm your one-off monster each week that gets murdered. <laughs> no, technically you're my Goldar. Ah, shucks. Yeah, I would say. As long as I'm not Alpha. I'm making the Neurotic comparison though. that we're all bumbling idiots. Jake's <laughs> with that pig character that's really <laughs> upset. Not a pig. He's like the the bull. You know the blue guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah the one of the buffoons is Jake. I, Dave's the other buffoon. Yeah. I mean. And Zed is kind of a buffoon himself. So. That's a good point. Christie's our Rita. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone, yeah, just gross and competent. No wonder they <laughs> couldn't take out a bunch of teenagers. Could we? I don't think so. I'm pretty sure any teenage girl could probably kick my ass. Yeah, me too. Oh, man. So out, the car- mutiny. Out cardio me in the first 30 seconds. Yeah, well, it's going to be hard for me either. We were all dying walking up those six flights of stairs last night. Whoever invented steps is an yeah. asshole. 15 grown men just all dying. <laughs> Huffing and puffing and the, the, No matter if we were the skinniest or the largest, every single one of us was completely out of breath and out. Out of shape's out of shape, no matter how big you are. Uh, this was a, a fun look at uh, uh, 10 season premieres, roughly in the fall. Roughly. Or, it was about the premieres. Yeah, it was about the premieres. I went with fall because I thought that's why we were doing it. You went with spring premieres. Uh, I couldn't. I, I don't. I don't. Uh, time is a man owl. Time, time is a man made man made construct. Yeah, construct. So yeah, yeah it's, uh, it's the fourth it's, dimension. Yeah, yeah. It's irrelevant as to when the show premieres. It's about when it premiering. Right. Uh, so there, uh, just a little uh, business to end the show, Squeezer. Um, there we are almost out I can't not guarantee if you do the steps you will get the free pins anymore but I might oh, send you I gotta go do that I might send you something else I got patches um, but you, you have to, if you want a Ninja Turtle Pudding Pie pin those you gotta buy they're only 10 bucks shipped in the United States the 50 United States so order yours today Ninja Turtle Pudding Pin I've got something cool we were working on last night during the hockey game, I was having our 
chief engineer draw up specs for me on a, uh, I'd just say, a this is a new apparel item that we're, we're not so, uh, what's, what's a word for someone who puts their face on everything they sell? Themselves. Yeah, this is not going to have our image on it whatsoever. So it's an apparel item that you'll be able to buy and not be ashamed of, I guess. That's a good point. Yeah. So uh, that will be coming very soon uh, once I get everything in uh, and for sale on radiers.com. And uh, again, it will be a, a, a rather inexpensive item, but a, a quality item at that. Um, and I'm excited for that. You've, you kind of have an idea of what it is, right? Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I know exactly what's coming. So, uh, and then more stuff. I'm just going to keep pumping out stuff, merch for you guys, because you're buying it. <laughs> uh, it's just not small. Yeah, it's just not, not small size t-shirts. Um, we are almost, we're about halfway through our run of pins. There's a very limited number, so limited edition pin. Get yours today if you want it um, before they run out, because once they're gone, I'm not making any more because Hostess and Nickelodeon are probably going to come after me, after me at some point. Uh, and then um, just keep following us on Instagram, YouTube, and everywhere else you find radio stuff. Yeah. All right, I'm RK. I'm Squeezer. You guys have a good one. <laughs>